0: don't just give up just find something put everything into it enjoy it that's i think that's the whole meaning of being alive really
1: we're here today with callum hins from aspiring afl player to ifbb pro bodybuilder your first show at 21 years old and in april 2022 this year you won your first ifbb pro card in classic physique at the age of only 24 years old it's an amazing accomplishment and I feel really fortunate to actually be able to train with you. met you at Dodie's gym,
0: which is right there in your massive chest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One of the things that really struck me was you're just so chill.
0: I guess that's sort of rare, <laughs> rare with bodybuilders and people in the gym, I guess, hey? but yeah, that's the way I am, I guess. Makes things work for me, so.
1: Just training at the gym and went up to you and just really impressed by um, the way you train your physique and ask you a couple of questions and you were so kind and generous to me.
0: I try to be. I try to be. I think it's weird because a lot of bodybuilders at first glance, I think, are a bit intimidating. I get told all the time people are like, oh, he's probably a bit scary. I don't know if I want to approach him, but it's not like I was a bodybuilder forever. And I, when I when I was younger, I was, I guess a more chill person and there's no reason to change with it. But yeah, I guess it's a bit of a stereotype, like a gym environment, but yeah. you're there for fun at the end of the day, aren't you?
1: What's the funniest comparison you've gotten?
0: Funniest comparison? I don't know. I guess people uh, – who compared me to someone the other day? I got someone, like, not funny, but I always every now and then get, like, a nice comparison. Like, someone mm. compared me to, like, uh, Steve Reeves, who's, like, a, a classic bodybuilder from way back in the day. Instead, of I reminded him of, like, a larger version of him. And I was like, oh, sick, that's yeah. a nice compliment. Um, but, yeah, other than that, nah, it's just – bodybuilding talk comparing physiques and all that sort of stuff but yeah mm. it is what awesome. were you
1: cooking yesterday
0: beef eggs rice chicken the basic <laughs> stuff I was, I was cooking my dinner meal up which is just yeah very yeah. basic stuff in high, in high quantities
1: i when to go off on a tangent yeah uh, <laughs> did i send you that did i <laughs> yeah you're, you're looking <laughs> yeah, at okay. you're looking at something that you sent me okay yeah um you know i I get quite curious, and sometimes I text you and ask about yeah, your, yeah. Your, your um, what you eat. You replied back just copy and, and paste. Basically, from uh, basically, <laughs> this is what you eat six times a day. Yep. jasmine rice, frozen peas, whole eggs, from turkey to ground beef to spinach, and then there's lots and lots and lots of chicken breast. I don't see any broccoli.
0: Am I, I missing something in there, there? No, no broccoli, broccoli in there. You know, it's rare. It's like a bodybuilding staple, isn't it? But yeah, I get I think what have I got? You might get bigger with some broccoli. Maybe, maybe that's the secret to even more size. <laughs> and no protein shakes. No, nah, no protein shakes for me. That's just sort of the the method um my coach has gone with at the moment and I just sort of I trust in what he does. Um, but at the end of the day we've, we've spoken about it before the most important thing is that you're hitting your macronutrients obviously getting the right number of protein carbs fats that you need for whatever your goals are mm. and then obviously making sure your micronutrient requirements are met, met as well to make sure everything's digesting well and being absorbed right and you're getting all the nutrition all the nutrients you need I find that works well for me so it's very if you're looking at it there like like we said it's very basic stuff it's just meats and rice and basic sort of basic stuff but yeah it works and I, just, I like my routine I'll just follow it stick to it make the most of it I am going to
1: ask you a question that you've asked me. Okay. List any foods you dislike or can't have.
0: List any foods I dislike. I don't know. What don't I like? It's very rare that I eat anything outside of that meal plan. So foods I don't like, what don't I like? Oh. Uh, it's weird. It's funny because a lot of the stuff on that plan as a kid I didn't like. I used to hate eggs as a kid. And I just sort of taught myself to like it. Really? I used to hate um, I used to hate berries. I taught myself to like it. I used to hate, uh, <laughs> I used to hate green peas. I taught myself that every peas. day. Mm. A lot no, of things. Brussels no sprouts? No, nah, not in there, but I used to hate that as a kid, yeah. but I love it now. But Where's fish? I don't see fish. Uh, post-workout. Post-workout, okay. <laughs> it's, in there, it's hidden along there. Um, yeah, No. I don't have a lot of food I dislike, but it's, mm. I, I think. You eat with purpose. That's, yeah. That I I think I've sort of taught myself to eat for the sake of, yeah, getting results out of it instead of just enjoying it. Um, but yeah, it's a very basic meal plan, but- Favorite foods? Better. Favorite foods. Um, what do I enjoy? I don't know. Uh, so the way I structure stuff, I have a meal plan that I stick to every day. And then when I'm in a growing phase, I allow myself one plan off meal per week. So we'll normally go out for a meal, me and my partner- What phase are you in right now? I'm in a growing stage now. So I do have a, like a free meal every one or two weeks and I enjoy pasta. I think my favorite's a big bowl of carbonara. It's just I don't know, satiating. Mm. But I'm at the point now my calories are very high. I don't really crave anything. I just just stick to my stuff. I just have what I need to have. Yeah. I think when you're hungrier and your food's lower, where you're at probably now, you probably likely naturally just crave stuff more. But now I'm like I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not I'm not hungry. I'll just eat what I need to eat to shovel it down. Then I'm happy.
1: I think it's a tolerance. How much you can tolerate and yeah. I'm kind of used to it. I yeah. Really crave as much as I did, did when I ate more. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's a routine thing too. Once you've established your routine and you sort of be like, all right, this is my routine. This is what I got to stick to. This is like the, I guess like the non-negotiable or what I have to do. You sort of get less emotionally attached to food and other variables of things that you might not normally enjoy and you just do it, I guess. It takes the emotion out of it. And you just do stuff. I think if you overthink stuff, get attached to things too much, that's when you start to question what you're doing a little bit more, I think. Mm.
1: This I find really interesting. I've noticed you've mentioned about being almost unemotional.
0: Mm.
1: Where did you learn this from?
0: Um, I don't know. I think it's one of the things that's evolved over time. I think when I first started training, there was times, I guess if we relate it back to food, where I'd sort of be like, oh, I'd like to have that and I'd have it. And then sometimes it'd be off plan and I'd sort of feel bad. about it. oh, I kind of want to stick to my goals. And I think the more time went on, the more uh, disciplined I got, the more I realized, all right, let's just make a plan. Um, Understand that this plan is going to serve my purpose, for my goals. And then I think once you realize that what you're doing is for the greater good of what you want to achieve, Mm. it's a lot easier just to separate emotion from it. I think if you can block out emotion and just sort of do what's required and just remind yourself, this is why I'm doing this, that's enough motivation to not really overthink things to a point where, yeah, I guess you're sort of overthinking things and, Starting to get yeah, like an emotional attachment to things. Mm. Like yeah, I think it's it's hard it's a hard thing to sort of explain. But yeah, yeah.
1: Could you talk us through your
0: daily schedule? My daily schedule From so Monday to Sunday. Okay, so most days are pretty similar. Um, I wake up. First thing I do when I get up is make my make my first meal, which is just again beef, eggs, rice. All that what sort time of stuff. do you wake up? Uh These days, since living in Melbourne, I wake up at like seven because the sun's up so late. I used so to, late, man. Yeah, I used to wake up at four am back on the coast when I lived. You up told
1: in me Queensland. the other day you wake up at four. Now you're. No, I used seven.
0: to uh, in Queensland. I woke up at four because oh. it was it was like a whole different lifestyle. Okay, if so up you're up taking it easy year, now. Yeah, I've shifted everything back a bit to suit the the time here because it's weird. Like I'm when I first moved here from the coast, I'd go for walks in the morning at like 5am no and it felt like it was midnight. I was like, what the hell? There's nothing to do. <laughs> but now I sort of wake up around the time the sun's coming up just so I feel. So every day 7am? Yep, 7am. You know, sometimes on a Sunday I'll give myself an extra half hour. But yeah, 7am, wake up, make my first meal. Um, Then I'll normally just sort of do a, sort of respond to a few client messages and all that sort of stuff. Um, Just little, I guess, questions the clients might have. Then what do I do? Then i probably um, freshen up, sort of get ready for the day, just basic sort of showering, all that sort of stuff. And then I'll sort of sit down at the laptop and jump into client check-ins. So I obviously get, you know, it works. Clients send me through um, their updates for the week. So I go through update programs, nutrition, answer questions, make adjustments to What time plans. would it be by now? Uh, that's probably from like 8 o'clock till about 11 o'clock most days. Yeah. Uh, Have you eaten? That's one meal's been down, yeah. And then I'll do that for the morning. Then I'll have another meal and then I'll go to the gym. And then I'm normally at the gym from, say, 11 till 2-ish. Um, and then after that, I'm usually back home, more food, another meal. And then it's back to the laptop for a few hours, just doing, I guess, client work, check-ins, all that sort of stuff, programming. And then afternoons. What time are you home? Uh, normally 3-ish most days. Um, and then after that, yeah, a bit of work. And then after work, I'll normally try and just wind down for a little bit and switch it off or I'll go to sleep thinking about work all day. Um, and then yeah to switch off I normally just sit down other chucks of music on and have, have my last meal or whatever for the day and then just try and wind down and yeah go to sleep so it's pretty routine it's like Monday to Friday and then Saturday, Sunday I try and stay away from the laptop and just sort of go out and walk around the city and get outside a bit mm. so it's very very routine but we've spoken about before I find like if you've got a goal especially like I guess uh, bodybuilding based stuff if you have a good routine to stick to it's going to make a big difference because you just get into the routine of it, do what you need to do. It just happens naturally.
1: Mm. How long have you been a personal trainer? Uh,
0: I started as a PT in a gym, uh, I think I was 19. So that would have been 20, end of 2017. No, end of 2016, 2017. Nowadays, I only have like a couple of clients that i train. (laughs) You're one of them. Um, And only a handful of others. Yeah, a handful of the clients that I train. Most of my work's online nowadays. So it's just programming with people from, all over Australia. I've got a few overseas, I think, as well. So it's more structure coaching based instead of one on one work now, which allows me to work with more people at once.
1: Over the years, working with your clients, what you've learnt or you've known from them. How much do you think routine could help them?
0: Massively. I think routine is the answer to the majority of um majority of people's goals, at least. Like uh, if you've got a routine that uh Involves all the things necessary to get to your to your whatever your goal is. As long as you stick to it, it's going to come in time. Yeah. Um, it's just about making a routine that's suitable and then sticking to it. Because when think life
1: happens, it's so hard to stick to the routine.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the tough thing too. And I think that's sometimes um, where. I guess sometimes it's a little bit tricky for uh, clients to relate to different degrees of, um, I guess, prioritizing different goals. Right. Like for someone who just wants to lose a bit of weight, it's very easy to prioritize other things over losing a bit of weight because mm-hmm. it's not like your whole life. So something might pop up, easy to pop out a routine. It's understandable because you've got different things that are fall higher on like your priority list. Yeah for myself being like a professional bodybuilder now, like it's sort of top of my priority list. So that's, that's comes first. Yeah. It's who you and are. Yeah. It's, it's what I do. Like it's, that's where all my energy goes. So mm. it, my priority list is bodybuilding, everything that's required to that comes first. Anything else comes after. So nothing can sort of mess with it. Yeah. But it's, it's, Obviously, not going to be the case for ninety nine percent of people because ninety nine percent of people have other things that are going to be on the top of their priority list. So it's there's different things that you got to sort of, uh, I guess, assign what priorities matter the most to you, yeah. and then try and plan around that. So
1: I find that you're really understanding, yeah. people. Yeah, well, everyone's you, and different. And you say that uh, the best plan is the one that you can stick to exactly. Yeah. And you you say that um you don't you don't force anyone to follow a certain plan Mm. um you allow you allow people to live their life and um yeah yeah, you're just so so cool about it
0: yeah and it's the thing i think if i force people to sort of go about things go away go about things the way i go about them it wouldn't work because majority of my clients aren't uh bodybuilders or if they are they're sort of amateur bodybuilders who are sort of doing it as a as a fun thing some i have some Uh, people who are really serious about it as well. But majority of people sort of do it as a, they do it for fun and they enjoy it and they put a lot of energy into it, but they have other things that they want to prioritize, which is 100% fine. It's just about finding the right balance uh, of, I guess, work and things that are going to work towards your goals with other things that you prioritize, which might be, I don't know, family, um, like leisure time, all that sort of stuff or whatever else you're on in your life. So that's why I think it's important when you're, yeah making a plan or making a routine that you make sure it fits into the balance of what you prioritize in your life. Really? Yeah. Cause again, if I expected, even if I expected you to do exactly what I do, obviously you got a lot of things going on your, your career. You've got obviously podcasts that you're doing, you've got your, obviously the writing and the film work you're doing as well. If you tried to, uh, I guess, mix that in with other priorities to a massive degree, it'd be a lot harder than myself because I've sort of put one thing on top. So, just balancing everything out, and everyone's balanced. No one's going to have the exact same balance. So it's just finding what's right. And then mm-hmm. if you stick to that, it's better than having a routine that fluctuates and you're doing it for a week and then you sort of go off the rails. It's just about sustainability. Yeah.
1: Something that hindered me in making me progress in my goals, say, so let's say, um, bodybuilding, is kind of the attitude of uh, wanting to reach something or get something fast. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I started training properly like first year of uni. Yeah, yeah, eighteen actually. It's all about consistency. Exactly. You know, like, yeah, you watch videos and then you. It's it's so, it's so um exciting to think that oh, you know I could look like this guy mm. or I could be, I could be so jacked. Yeah. You know, and then you you go hard, but the reality is going to kick kick in at some point. And you might not be able to sustain it or uh, I've often, like, um, lose steam, you know. And and then I try and get back into it and then I don't lift as much as I did before. Mm. And then you feel, you know, you feel down, um, demotivated. And then what might happen is, like, uh, you stop going to the gym and a few months go past. And then when you go back into the gym, you're kind of, like, you start off as though you never even trained before.
0: And mess with your head a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: you go again and then you stop and go again and stop. The more I look at it, you know, you look at people who are at the top of their game, for example, yourself. And what just, what just seems so clear is like everyone, they've just gone so slow and steady, Mm. consistent. Yeah. Um, And, and the fuel for it is for the love of simply doing the act of, Mm. Lifting the weight, or going yeah. to the gym, mm. um, more for like the external goal of uh, looking shredded and having people, mm. uh, you know, adore you yeah. for for your physique, mm. um, and that can be applied for um, many areas in life. Hundred percent.
0: That's why I think again, what we talked about before, it's really important to have. Uh, a way of going about things that's going to be sustainable because if you sort of try and go balls to the wall straight away, you'll, like you said, probably sustain it for a little bit and then you'll something will happen and you'll sort of drop off and have to start from scratch, which is really demotivating sometimes to people. But if you find a balance that may not be like putting everything into it, but if you can sustain like a 60% work ethic for a longer amount of time in a 10-year period, if you sort of stick to that rate, you're probably going to make more progress than if you were sort of went all out and then stopped and then went back into it again. And then all that sort of bounced around with it. So again, it's just finding your balance and making sure it sticks to you. But Mm. I can definitely understand why, like it's, it's very common because it's like, it's human nature to want things fast. So a lot of time people almost bite off more than they can chew at first, Mm. trying to get to their goal faster. And then obviously when things happen, it throws you off and it's just, yeah, fluctuating. So, Yeah, keeping, uh, finding like whatever rate you can work at. You could work at one hundred percent work rate. You could work at like a two percent work rate. Whatever it is that you can stick to, as long as you can stick to it, is going to be better than fluctuating up and down over time. I think so. Yeah, but again, it's just one of those things. Again, everyone's different. Whatever works best for your lifestyle and your routine and your mindset, that's what works. There's no right or wrong.
1: Have you ever met someone who is completely satisfied with their body? (laughs)
0: Nah, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think even if you asked, like, Mr. Olympia, um, he wouldn't be satisfied. Because there's always more.
1: Who's Mr. Olympia right now?
0: Current Mr. Olympia's uh Big Rami in the open category. And then yep. the classic physique category is Chris Bumstead. And they're, like, two people that most Chris people Bumstead
1: should uh, watch out for you.
0: He's a man. Yeah, he's a man. But 90% of people... One day, that's a goal. But got work to do now. But most people look do up think to Chris,
1: these guys. Do you think Chris Sebum, do you think he... Uh, isn't fully satisfied. With I, I would not think
0: at. so. I wouldn't think so. That's what I was going to say. Like most people look up to him and think he's the that's what they want to look Pinnacle. like. Pinnacle. But if you go to him, I'm sure mentally he'd be like, "Oh, this could be better. This could be better." Mm. And it's not something that uh, I guess most people would pinpoint. But in his own mind, I'm sure it's just human nature. Like there's yeah. always more you can that you can achieve, and that's true. And I think if you are fully satisfied with where you're at, where's your motivation going to be to get better? You're just going to sort of stagnate, or I guess become complacent and mm. just slack off. So. Having areas to work on is, like, I think always a massive thing.
1: We're always going to be our harshest, harshest critic, Mm. particularly with our own bodies. Mm. What advice would you have for someone out there who would like to just lose a bit of weight Mm. and have struggled for a few
0: years? Yeah. I think first thing is not to compare yourself to anyone because as soon as you jump on social media, as most people do and compare themselves to Mr. Olympia or just some random guy who looks good in the gym, A lot of time people will be like, oh, why don't I look like that? What have I done wrong? But I think the most important thing is to look at where you're at now. uh, Think about what your goals are. Make a plan to what will get you to your goals. And then if if you can stick to that, compare yourself to where you were at your starting point. So in a month's time after working hard, compare yourself to four weeks ago. And like, if you look at how far you've come and you've done the work, you're going to see progress. And that's like the motivation I think you need to keep getting better instead of always looking at someone else who's got a completely different life circumstance and be like, oh, I wish I could be like that because you're your own person. Think, mm. like, look at your own progress sort of be proud of where you've come from and then obviously make a plan as to how you can like sustain that and keep moving forward, I think is the main thing. But yeah, self-comparison to other people is like the worst ever.
1: What's a couple of principles for losing weight?
0: losing well in simple terms all you need to be doing is eating in a deficit as you know as well so eating less calories than your body requires to maintain its current weight so you can obviously create a deficit by eating less food or expending more energy so more exercise more cardio more training in the gym as simple as that Um, that's i guess in very simple terms so uh, to make it uh, confusing if you're in a deficit too far of a deficit you're not going to function too well for too long and not going to be able to sustain it um and if you're Don't have the balance right again. It's not always going to work. But simple terms, if you want to lose weight, eat in a slight deficit, exercise, be active, and try and track your results so that you can, uh, I guess, see where the changes are being made and then make adjustments when you need to.
1: What does it take to grow muscle?
0: To grow muscle, so it's the opposite. We want to be in a surplus. So body needs this amount of calories to uh, maintain current weight. We want to be eating in a few hundred calorie surplus above that. Um, And then obviously lifting. Uh, lifting weights to make sure that we're creating the stimulus that the muscle needs to grow. So um, like what we've done, well, you're in a cutting phase now, but the training methods are fairly similar, like hypertrophy training. We're trying to like obviously stress out the muscle, sort of uh, break down the muscle in a way that f- forces the body to rebuild, get stronger, get bigger. And then you do that obviously by eating the right nutrients. So simple terms, eat more, lift heavy, lift smart and recover well. And That's how you grow.
1: How do you gain fat?
0: How do you gain fat?
1: It's also a calorie calorie surplus.
0: Yeah. Well, if your, if your calorie surplus is too far over what's necessary, which a lot of people do as well. A lot of people go to the gym and train and lift weights well. They'll eat in a surplus, but they're eating way more than their body needs. <laughs> they're going to put on body fat too. And yeah, you probably grow muscle with it if you're training right, but mm. you don't always need all those nutrients. So if you're eating way too far above, that's where the rest of those calories are stored as body fat. Or yeah, if, or if you're eating more than you need to and you're not training, obviously you're just going to, store pure body fat as well
1: all of this information could you just simply search on google and find the answers
0: yeah definitely It, it the hard thing is there's so many theories out there and there's so many like crazy like you'll see all the weird diets and stuff out there and weird theories and a lot of it's like almost like marketing people trying to stand right. out a little bit but that sort of confuses people so if you dig deep in your research you're going to find out the answers you need but at first glance if you search how do i lose weight there's probably going to be a lot of like I guess overwhelming ideas that can confuse people and that's why not everyone knows sort of how to lose weight because there's so many weird ideas out there that can sort of throw people off Yeah, it's simple sort of principles Mm. that a lot of people put a spin on to try and make things seem more exciting which is where the confusion comes I think Mm. simple is best sometimes definitely I think so I think so as well simple approach be consistent just track and just I find the less variables with things the better because you can just track all the little, little responses
1: how helpful is a coach?
0: Coach is awesome. Well, I've got a coach myself and then I'm obviously coaching. So even you need a coach. Yeah, definitely. I think something that we've spoken about, or we spoke about before as well, is like becoming emotionally attached to things. Like you can sort of overthink in your mind and over-criticize where you're at. Sometimes having a coach, they can give you the feedback you need unemotionally. So for example, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, oh shit, I'm feeling a bit flat today. Maybe my calories should be higher. Um, And that can sort of come, I could maybe think that just because it's, just the way humans are. They sort of over-criticise themselves. But if I have a coach looking at me being like, all right, I'm going to assess all these little variables, you need this or you don't need this. They're doing it in like an emotional, a non-emotional, is that a word? Unemotional, <laughs> whatever the word is. Unemotional. Unemotional. If that's Maybe, a, I don't yeah, know. Whatever is. We'll go is. with that. <laughs> an <laughs> unemotional way, they're giving you facts of what needs to be done because yeah. they're obviously not in your head giving you all these ideas. So I think for myself, the biggest uh, benefit of a coach is... Um, Yeah, having someone to look at you and tell you what needs to be done without you second guessing yourself and also having someone who's got more knowledge and experience than myself. And then for me being a coach for other people like yourself, similar idea. It's just having a third eye to sort of give you feedback you need, um, guide you in the right direction and then for certain people who may be newer, uh, well, everyone can always learn more but depending on what level of how advanced you are, there's always things to learn and to different degrees as well. So a bit Mm. of education from coaching is good as well.
1: Some of the advice you've shared with me I've honestly heard before. Yeah. And I may have tried or half asked it. And then I think about it actually, you know, it really works for you. Mm. Say, um, following a routine or um um removing options mm. from your lifestyle. Yeah. Only doing things that serve uh your goal. Mm. Um, waking up at a certain time, sleeping at a certain time, um, and cause it's, cause I'm hearing, cause I'm hearing this from you, then I'm like,
0: okay, I gotta take it seriously and, mm. and do it. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm just giving out like the facts that I guess people have known Yeah, for a long time. But, but to I hear think it from you, yeah, it has a lot more weight. The so. way of, uh, I guess, getting a message across to different people resonate to different things well. So it's important to find, oh, again, a way to work best with every individual and be sort of flexible with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I think a lot of people I work with in a way want to build muscle. And what I do is build muscle as like at a professional level. So I think it's sort of believable because I've done it for myself. So people can do it to whatever degree of, I guess, whatever extent they want to do it at. It's yeah. the same principles. So
1: yeah. How about being realistic with how much you can grow?
0: Yeah, I guess it, it, it all comes down again to how much you're going to put in. Like if you, if your goals are to be uh, Mr. Olympia, you have to put in a lot of work. If your goal is to put on a few kilos of muscle, um, as long as you realise um, that your goals are going to require a certain amount of work, you should sort of, I guess, expect what's coming, if that makes sense. So um, if you're going to put in 50% effort, you can probably expect 50% results. If you're going to put in 100% effort, you can probably expect double the amount of results if you're doing half the work. So I think being honest with yourself as to how much work you're willing to put in, that's going to sort of provide you with roughly what to expect and what your results are going to look like.
1: Sometimes you don't even
0: know what you're capable of or how yeah. much effort you can put in exactly. until yeah. you're in
1: that environment with other people yeah. at the top.
0: Yeah, definitely. And everyone's got their own ways about it. Like, you can put in effort in a, in a physical manner but not be smart about it. Some people might be overly book smart but not be putting in uh, the physical uh, intensity as much as well. So, and, and and there's no right or wrong either. It's just about finding, again, what works best. So there's so many different ways to do things. It's, that's The most important thing purely is using the basic fundamentals of the facts and finding a variation and a way around it that fits every individual, I think.
1: What's the most common struggle with your clients that you've observed?
0: Uh, most common struggle? Uh, I think uh, when I first started training people, a lot of my clients were I guess more general population clients, so just people who wanted to lose a bit of weight and sort of took stuff a little bit easier, and the main thing was just adherence, because a lot of people wouldn't uh, stick to the plan, mm. because I guess, like I said, their their priorities were different, which is fine. Um, I think the deeper I get into coaching people, the more clients I come across who are more dedicated. I think that's just the way things evolve. Um, so nowadays, I got majority of my clients are relatively mm. adherent. Um, the most, again, it's I try to. Be honest with clients and let them know that whatever work they're putting in, that's what the results they can expect. So I'll give them a plan, follow this. You do as much of this as much as you want to do. Just know that however much you put into it is how much you're going to get out of it. So um, yeah, I think adherence is a big thing, but being honest and explaining to clients what level they're going to get out of their level of work ethic is what to expect. Um, What else do people struggle with? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of little things, but again, everyone's so different. Everyone's got little things that they struggle with. So it's very diverse, which keeps it interesting.
1: How diverse are your clients?
0: Nowadays, uh, personality-wise, everyone's very diverse. Um, but age majority, range, gender? Majority of my clients now, uh, I sort of look at it as similar to myself when I was first getting into the gym. Oh. Majority of my guys, not age-wise, but sort of experience level. Yeah. I'd say probably 70% of my clients are young guys within the ages of like 18 to maybe mid-20s who are a few years into training and they're sort of looking to take things a little bit more seriously than just their first sort of few years of just doing basic stuff in the gym. Um, then I've got obviously older clients as well, but they're sort of within that stage where they're, they've are they been training for a little bit, but they want a bit more guidance and a bit more, uh, they want to take things a bit seriously, a bit more seriously. Um, and then I've got obviously other clients who are without outside of that, that sort of bracket, but that's where the majority of my clients sit. Um, so demographic-wise relatively similar, but you, as you know, everyone's very different in the way they approach stuff. So although people's goals might be relatively similar, there's very different ways to uh, communicate and I guess educate and plan and program around everyone. So yeah, everyone's personality is different. So it's just finding the best fit. What's the best advice you've received from your coach? I think uh, if I look at the coaches I'm I'm with, the coach I'm with now and coaches I've been with recently, most of it's just structure-based. But if I look back at previous coaches who taught me more, when I was first getting into things, I think the biggest thing that my first ever coach sort of just sort of implemented was, uh, get in and give it a crack. Like, so like for my first ever show, I was sort of not sure if I wanted to do it or if I was ready yet. Um, his advice was do the show. And I think that's the mm-hmm. best advice is just to just do, get in, give so it a crack, and give it a try. Cause you're never going to know if you wait too long or procrastinate. So yeah, when I was earlier on, I had a coach who I knew from the gym, um, and he sort of approached me and was like, I think I was, I'd was i been talking about competing. And he approached me and said, hey, you should do this show now. I'll coach you. I'll do it for free. You were 19? 2019, I think it was. Um, and he's like, yeah, do the show. You've been talking about it. Let's do it. I'll coach you. I think you have potential, so I'll help you out. I'll, I'll do it for free. <laughs> I was like, okay, sick. Um, and yeah, his biggest sort of idea he implemented in me was just to go and give it a try or you're going to spend your life waiting around for it to happen. And that's probably been a very simple thing, but that's something that I think I always remember, like, if you're not sure, just do it anyway and you'll find out. Yeah.
1: How much of a difference do you think competing has made to your body?
0: Uh, to my body physically? Yeah. Um, yeah, a well, massive difference. I guess when you're competing, you're pushing yourself to get to like a, a very uh, low body fat percentage, which no one would really sort of aspired to have if you weren't competing. Um, so in terms of condition, I've sort of gotten into a better shape uh, condition body fat wise than I would have without it. Um, and then, obviously, when you're in a growing season for a show, you're growing um, probably more than a lot of people would just in the gym naturally, anyway, as well. So, it's the goal of competing's made my physique obviously become far more than what it could have been if I didn't take it seriously. Mm. Um, I think mentally, though, the whole process of bodybuilding is like the biggest thing. Like, if you're if you have a massive goal like to winning big shows, I think the effect it has on your mind and the lesson it lessons it teaches you is probably the biggest impact it's had on me in terms of what you get out of putting in work to things, what you get out of um, being consistent. You learn a lot about yourself in terms of what your work ethic's like. You learn a lot about, I guess, having self-belief in yourself. So I think mentally is what I've gained most. Mental sort of, yeah, mental lessons are what I've gained most from competing.
1: How do you take care of your mental health?
0: Um, I don't have any methods, I guess, to take care of mental health. Um, I guess I don't do anything, I guess, directly to care for mental health but i think i'm lucky enough that the process of being active and working out does have a positive effect on mental health Um, i think as well like we said i'm very like routine orientated and i like having my set routine and just doing things um without second guessing it i think that's a good way to keep yourself i guess feeling good about yourself in a way too because you know you're always making progress so do you ever get stressed yeah yeah i get i sometimes i find i get uh, overwhelmed so sometimes. Yeah. Not, not, I wouldn't say I get stressed, stressed, but every now and then like everyone, I get a little bit overwhelmed by things. Sometimes if I have a massive amount of work to do, I'll sort of look at it and be like, Oh shit, where do I start? And it's not really anything to be super stressed about, but you know how it is. Sometimes you get in a mood and you're like, Oh, I don't know where to start. This is stressful. And then little, little things sort of pile up, make you feel stressed. Yeah. So I think my biggest thing is I get stressed. Yeah. Just sometimes when I've got a lot of things to do and I don't know where to start, mm. but like the uh, lesson I told you before, you just got to get into it, get in and start. And once you yes. get momentum and routine going through it, you're, you're sweet. Yeah,
1: if I'm, if do you s- ever get blocks where you wake up one day and like, oh god, I got to cook and prepare this, and mm. I got six meals to eat for the day, mm. I'm overwhelmed.
0: Sometimes you'll I look at it that way, and again, that's where routine comes in. Have a routine. Don't don't think about it. Do it, and then don't think about it. But there are days where emotionally you'll be more motivated than others. But that's exactly why discipline and routine is so important. Because yeah. on days that you're feeling motivated, you do it. On days you're not feeling motivated, you still got that routine in there, so you know you're gonna do it because it's just habit. Because mm. so routine,
1: habits, yeah. people could look at that and say, ah, oh, that's so predictable and boring. Yeah, and I want more spontaneity in my life. Yeah. you know, like mm. I don't want to be doing the same thing, eating the same thing, and yeah. Doing the same thing every every single hour of the day. Yeah, what do you think?
0: I think that's it's hundred percent, hundred percent understandable for ninety nine percent of people. Uh, I, I think you, I, it, thought gonna say, <laughs> I thought
1: you were going to say I thought you
0: going to say that's BS. No, no, no. I, no, I definitely understand it because everyone naturally wants some excitement and stuff to be different in their life. But yes. um, and again, it's not that my life is the exact same every day. But there's certain things that I keep controllably the same every day, and then outside of those things, I have room to be flexible with other activities or whatever I do yeah but um so funny
1: enough it kind of frees you up gives you gives you more freedom
0: a little bit in a way yeah there's some things like obviously uh gym related and bodybuilding related stuff is very rigid but it doesn't mean that I can't do other things outside of that that don't relate to eating and training and stuff like there's other things that there's freedom to do a lot of things so yeah I um yeah, it's again, it's just a matter of balance. Find the balance of things that need to be consistent, and then find a balance of things that you have freedom to fluctuate and change with, and keep things exciting. Mm.
1: Being present in what you're doing, moment definitely. by moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that comes in. Do you to, I do guess, that with your reps? 100%, 100%. Um, That's I, probably I, your meditation. It is. I love. That there's some days your motivation is lower to train, but 90% of the time, when I'm feeling good, I love training. I look forward to it. It's my favorite part of the day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when I'm doing it, it's, it's very important to be present because if you're thinking too much but oh, I just want this workout to be over, you're not going to perform your best. You're not going to enjoy it. And that's a lot of time when people fall off. So being present with what you're doing is awesome. Um, I, am sure you've heard of, um, you, have you read the book power of now? Power of now. Yes. I read that. That was the biggest thing ever. I read that, uh, started this year. Wow. And that, cause I know he has power now and there's like a bunch of other sort of the smaller ones, the new earth. That the new earth, uh, there was a few other smaller ones that were sort of like just diving into more yeah. smaller little principles of it. I'm actually quite surprised. you to be that's it been the best thing I've ever, ever read. Morgan bought it for me for Christmas because I was going through like a little bit of a stressful time before yeah. Christmas.
1: Morgan Aldred, your partner, yeah,
0: yeah, she bought it for me. And that was the, probably the best gift ever because it changed my whole mindset. And like, ah. I remember reading that, yeah, right after Christmas because it was a Christmas present, and then read it right into the start of the year. And just, you know how it works. It's all about being present, being in the moment, like we spoke about. It's about, well, obviously, it's like, you know, just about being very uh, in the moment on a spiritual level. Yes. And to me, that resonated with me so much. Ah. And it helped, especially because I was at the start of my prep for shows earlier this year. Helped me get in the right mindset. Helped me sort of enjoy what I'm doing more. Helped me, um, I guess, be Do aware you of it. talk to myself. yourself? I I like to remind myself of certain things that I'll sort of repeat in my mind, and there's a lot of things like little quotes out of books I read and stuff that I'll repeat just as a reminder of, yeah, you know, keep, for example, in this book, keeping present in the moment. Um, there was one part at the start of the book where he was speaking about just obviously presence and being in the now, and he's like, um, past and future don't exist. it's obviously just in the now and that's something i always if there's something that i don't want to do or if i'm stressed or if i'm thinking too much in advance i always remind myself no past no future just now and that's just what i think just little quote that reminds me to be here where i am and enjoy what i'm doing instead of thinking about past present future whatever um things that go on in your mind but that that book and the principle from that has been like i think I
1: give that book a plug again. The power of now. The power Eckhart Tolle. of now. Yeah.
0: Eckhart Tolle. And I remember I went through a phase of listening to all his like um, his speeches and his like teachings and stuff around when I was right. reading the book as well. Yeah. And that thing was awesome. But yeah, I forgot what made me mention I think that. It takes a
1: certain um, a certain level of maturity to be able to grasp, embrace that
0: book. Yeah, I tried. When I was
1: in uni. Yeah, I try reading that book it put me to sleep.
0: Yeah, well it's I remember trying to I tried giving it a go, not that book, but certain ideas like that yes. earlier and I just couldn't pick it up. I was like, what? But if once I was reading it, I was very open to the idea of actually accepting like I guess the deeper spiritual level of what it's gone on about. Mm. And it's made so much sense, but it's funny because I think you have to be very open to understanding the ideas of it. Yeah. Cuz if you're not like it just sounds like a bunch of just like hippie talk. And I remember yeah. I've heard people talk like, "Oh, I don't know." you got to be present one with the universal or something. what are you talking about? And then, then I read the book and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Cause yeah. I think I was very ready to accept it.
1: Do you enjoy what you do more?
0: I enjoy everything more. Yeah. That right. thing like I enjoy everything more. Like I think you appreciate everything more when mm-hmm. you're keeping yourself present hundred percent. Cause I, I remember, I don't know if I've spoken about this with you before, but before these current shows I did this year, there was a set of shows season B last year which got cancelled a few weeks out because of COVID. Yeah, We're talking about the IFBB shows. IFBB shows, yeah. I was in prep for those shows. Um, The shows got cancelled and I'd been in a prep for a bit and it messed with my head a bit. Just made me sort of, I was in a, obviously when you're putting everything into something, having a show cancelled doesn't sound like it sounds like nothing. Most people, most people, would be like, oh, whatever, it's just a show. No, but to you, me, I'd put all my committed. energy into it. Yeah, it was cancelled, and I was like, Shit, I'm I feel very lost, and I was mm. like stressed out, I was anxious, I was feeling ne- like just very negative about a lot of things. I would think because of that, I was very open to new ideas, and right. I needed that book to come along and that idea to come along. Then I read it, completely changed my mindset, and then yeah. this, yeah, ever since then, my mentality has been better than ever. Uh, And I think that's something that it it takes a bit of a tough time sometimes mentally to be ready to accept that sort of stuff, I think.
1: I think that puts you in the mindset of being the champ.
0: Yeah, I think so. April this year, Yeah,
1: you did your show. Tell me about it. Tell me how it was.
0: It was awesome. It was good because it was a long time coming as well. I was having shows cancelled, being through a bit, getting to that becoming mentally, I guess my most stable and most like content was set the tone. And then obviously, yeah, the show was awesome. Big prep. I was um, very confident heading into it. Um, And I think I was, because I was so present in the moment, I enjoyed every single part of the prep, even Mm. the hard parts. I enjoyed it. And I think through the enjoyment of it, I performed better, progressed Pose better, better, posed better, yeah. and then because I was enjoying it more, yeah, obviously did better because when you enjoy stuff, you put so much more energy yes. into it. And then yeah, the shows came and, around and uh, people feel you, yeah, they're
1: like they vibe with you and yeah, they I love so. you.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I think if you go about things in a positive way, people tend to uh, align with it well. And I I don't I try to be positive about everything I do, mm. um, but yeah, I had an awesome prep, enjoyed it uh had two shows so had the state show won that one and then the um, national pro qualifier won that one which was awesome yeah could you tell
1: us (coughs) for uh, some of us uh including myself who don't really know this world so well tell us about the bodybuilding world particularly um ifbb pro
0: okay so if we talk about ifbb ifbb is like the the biggest sort of uh, federation for bodybuilding in the world. Um, I'm sure most people have heard about the Mr. Olympia competition, which is the biggest title and the biggest show in the world, Mm. which is obviously an IFB show. Um, So when you start out, obviously in the amateur league, you're just competing um, as an amateur trying to win your pro card. Then once you win your pro card, you're obviously considered a professional. That's when you're qualified to do the pro shows, which uh, there's not really many in Australia. So you've got to travel overseas. Uh, then by going in the bigger pro shows uh, against the best in the world, um, that's where you're aiming to qualify for the Olympia, which is the biggest show. So all you have to do is win a pro show or qualify on points from placing a certain amount of times. Mm. Um, and then to the Olympia, which is obviously every bodybuilder's a uh, goal. Go, that's the next step from there. And then obviously the goal is to win that. Um, so, yeah, it's all in levels. Um, yeah. There's obviously heaps of different federations of bodybuilding out there, which are all very different. I think we'll talk about it earlier today. It sort of can be a bit confusing. Yeah. But if you're a bodybuilder and you want to be, I guess, on the top of your game and sort of make the most progress and have the most opportunity, you're going to jump into the IFBB. And that's what's going to take you to, obviously, yeah, the goal of being Mr. Olympia or yeah. being a professional. Is or that, that the equivalent
1: well. of, say, in tennis, world number one? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Mr. Olympia.
0: Mr. Olympia is like, yeah, it's like the, the grand finale of – bodybuilding yeah what else can i compare it to i don't know what other sports are winning there?
1: a super bowl winning
0: the super Bowl. It's exactly or it, yeah. winning a premiership it's the biggest thing there is and it's obviously individual okay. sports so it's very different
1: and, but yeah and mr olympia there's mr olympia in different divisions
0: yep so you've got for men they got men's physique which is the one where they got like board shorts and stuff and they're they're meant to be sort of like a smaller sort of physique but they're pretty big these days yeah. um just, yeah, that's the first, that's, I guess, a smaller category. Men's physique. Men's physique. Next is classic physique, which is what I do. Yep. So that's sort of a level up. Uh, generically classic physique guys are a bit bigger than men's physique. Um, not always. The men's physique guys are pretty big these days. But um, me- classic physique, I think it sort of started as being a bit more of like a reminiscent uh, category of like the golden era of like the 70s, 80s, Arnold days and that sort of stuff. But it's sort of a bit more modern in a way as well. Um, so, obviously, for classic physique, we have a weight cap. We can only be so heavy on stage. You have to be under that. Um, depending on your height. Depending on your height. So, for right. my height, I, as a pro, I'm allowed to be 101 kilos on stage. As an amateur, it's a little bit lighter. So, I had to be like 93 or under. How many kilos, you say? Now, 101 on stage. 101, okay. And then amateurs, for me, was 93. 93 kilos. Um, and that all depends on your height. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that's the category. And I you're at
1: 181 centimeters.
0: I'm 181. I think 181.5 or something like that. Yeah. 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 So just make that like foot.
1: 185. Yeah, I think and I'm and like five
0: eleven for everyone who likes to talk in feet. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then that's that's my weight one hundred one. Um, and then obviously the next category is a two twelve division, which two twelve is two hundred twelve pounds, which is I don't know what that ninety something kilos. I don't right. really know what kilos that is. That's sort of like open bodybuilding, but slightly smaller. They have a weight cap to hit as well. Oh, there's a G- division before. Yeah. Open. So they're they're normally like just massive guys, but normally a little bit shorter because they got to make that up uh, oh. that two twelve. Um, weight cap, and yeah. then there's open bodybuilding, which is just the monstrous people. Who, who's like. the
1: guy that um, often gets compared to a Ninja Turtle?
0: Um, the long. Oh, not Kai Green. Ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kai Green. Yeah,
1: he's his a, a shorter. He's shorter. But is he two twelve? No,
0: he was opens because he's massive. Like if you he's look just at, too big. Look at the two twelve guys; they're still massive, but right. Um, they they obviously have to be under whatever that two twelve. Okay, weight cap is, and because and it's then, not. Open. And then opens is just free for all. You can be as heavy and as big as you want. Ah, um, and they're like, yeah, normally like the mass monsters. Like, right. Yeah. So they're the main categories. Um, so obviously you choose what you fit into yeah. best or what you, what sort of look you look you're going for.
1: It seems yeah, the, the most popular division is probably classic.
0: I think these days it is. Yeah. Well Classic has yeah. been around since I think 2016, maybe 2017. So it's only relatively new. But I think the classics so popular because you can have a good, decent amount of size, which a lot of young guys aspire to have, but you don't have to be uh, like a mass monster like some of the open guys as well. Yeah. Um, but Classics
1: yeah. already, the guys there, they're monsters already.
0: Yeah, well, classic, you're you still are able to fit plenty of size on within that weight cap, but mm. uh, the goal with classic is to have more balance and sort of yep. more symmetry, more flow. They sort of prioritise... Uh, judging criteria like around having a smaller waist and a more like an aesthetic look to you instead of just being a really dense sort of look. Yeah. Um. So it's very specific in what the judging criteria is after. Um. But yeah, I think it's definitely becoming the most popular, at least in a younger demographic, most young guys sort in
1: of. In the 70s, 80s, didn't we have that many divisions?
0: It was just bodybuilding. <laughs> I That's think, it, bodybuilding. Yeah, and I think they might have had like a, a tall and a short class or something right. like that. Um, when did it start to branch out. I don't know what year it was. I think uh, that opens. And then I think, I don't really know what year it was. Might've been around like, I don't know, 2000, 2010, maybe a little right. bit later where I think they introduced. That's probably fairer. Yeah. Having have. more categories. Yeah, yeah. Cause everyone's got this. There's so many different looks like if it just makes it a lot easier to judge having a little bit less diverse range of people in the one category, mm. you sort of divide it and that way it's easier to look for what you're after. Yeah. Um, And it obviously creates a lot more, like, popularity for the sport because people are going to choose something they gravitate towards more. Yeah. And that's going to be there, I guess, the people they look up to. Uh,
1: So I appreciate the sport even more. IFBB, you have the qualifiers. Yep. And correct me if I um, completely butcher this up. Yeah. So It's confusing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to make sense of this. So IFBB, um, the qualifiers in Australia – Within the divisions, physique, open, what's the other one? Classic. Okay, so classic, physique, yep. and open division. Yep. Those three. To qualify in that and win, yep. you get your pro card.
0: If you win the national show. you win If you win card.
1: the national show. Yep. So you've got to win the state show first yeah. to go to national.
0: But you got you got to do the state show. You don't have to necessarily win it. You I just, just say, do you it. Say if you place, I can qualify. If you place, but then you come in better at nationals and you win nationals. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just sort of qualifying you for the national show. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Then I'll uh, roll it back a little bit. Yeah. So let's just say there's someone out there that's listening and they're bodybuilding and they want to get into this, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Um. So let's say Joe, if you're listening, his bodybuilding He's passionate, yep. right? In his state, Victoria. Yep. He wants to get into IFBB and qualify. Yep. If he does well enough, um, he can go into the national show. Yep. Yeah. And for you, you did the um qualifying show where? Uh in Queensland. In Queensland and you won that. Yeah. Which automatically you go into the yep, the national Australian show. The nationals, yeah. So for the national show, all of Australia, yep. you competed in the classic physique division. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only one pro card
0: for classic physique. Yeah. For, for classic category, physique. Yeah. For each
1: for each category. Yep. And how many people did you compete in nationally?
0: Uh, the national show, overall, well, they split it into height classes. So, I okay. think that was tall and short. Yeah. The tall one maybe had 20-odd guys. The short might have had 20 or so, maybe a little bit yeah. less. And and then the between the sh-
1: tall and short, do they each get a pro card?
0: No, nah, just the winner. So, the, the winner of the tall and the winner of the short yeah. come back out for finals.
1: Oh, so the tall and short got to compete yeah, against yeah, each yeah. other. Yep. So, you... You're in the tall category, right? I was in right? the tall category. The so c- what's... How many centimetres is tall? Oh,
0: I don't know. They, I think they sort of divide it on the numbers on the day. So, oh, so they, they just split it halfway. What relative, half depending weep? on... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it was fine because the guy that won the short category yeah. in the season that I competed, he's just won his pro card this season as well, actually. Uh, um, he's He must have just been on the cusp of short because he was almost my height. Okay, So he must okay. have just been like a centimetre shorter. So right. on stage next to each other, we look like right. a similar height.
1: So... For Joe, if you're listening, <laughs> <Joe>. <laughs> um, in the national competition, yeah. which you did April this year, yeah. Um, you were in the tour category. Yep. Yeah. There's a short category. Both are in classic physique. Yep. Yep. You won that. Yeah. Someone else um, won the short. Yeah. And then you and the other guy have to compete. Yep. And there's only one pro card yeah, for
0: so it. Yeah, so you've got to win all of it. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. So the winner takes all. Winner takes all.
1: And, yep. and y- if you come second, what do you get?
0: A uh, pound on the back. Uh, yeah, you probably get a second place medal. I'm not sure. Right, right. But so there's
1: a lot riding on this. Yeah. 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 And, and then you tell – me, tell me about that, that day for you. Um, going on stage, um, you – what was um, – to give respect to the, to the guy – what's his name?
0: Uh, the guy that came second, yeah. his name's Matt. Matt. Matt Orchard. And he Matt just Orchard. won this season's show. Oh. So it was very close Fantastic. us. He yeah. took so a little bit of time and won and the next one.
1: And when was the next one?
0: The next one, I think uh, it happened only like a month ago. A month ago. Yeah, so. Oh. It was like six months difference. So that's a nice story. Yeah. That, so that he, he that just Matt, missed out. That Matt. Back him on, yeah.
1: Um, lost to you in April. Yeah. And then in the only other show of the year, last back. month, yeah. he comes back and wins it. Yeah. yeah. That's it's awesome yeah that's inspiring
0: that's it. and the more shows you do the more you learn like you yeah. learn sort of certain things you can improve or change that are going to so were you happy for him 100 percent. i was rooting uh, for him to win because uh, he's a really good guy we get along really well yeah. were,
1: were you too close um, i only really in terms of being. like uh uh clo- was he close to winning that that day in i April? think
0: it, from what i'm aware i think it was pretty close i don't know the exact points yeah at the end of the day, but i think it was pretty close um so I guess if you think about it that way, if he comes second overall, he's next in line. Right. So as long as someone else doesn't do the season B that's better than him, he's won it. So he came in really well and took it, obviously. But that's a um, good thing about it. The more shows you do, you learn more. You find out what you can do to improve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he sort of came in at his best after a little bit of time to improve a little bit more, I guess. Came and in even better. Yeah. And won it easily. Right. So, yeah.
1: When you won it, how did you feel?
0: Also, it's pretty surreal. I think winning your pro card as a bodybuilder, no matter what level you're at, it's always like your goal, or at least the first goal of many to sort of get you to that next level. Um, and it was surreal. I think, yeah, it was an awesome day. I felt confident because uh, again, bef- when you compete, all the work's been done beforehand. You've done all the work up on stage, you just got to sort of present your work. So it's not really too much to be nervous about. Yeah. Um, but again, I was just soaking up, enjoying the experience, having a good time. Um, and then I won and it was pretty awesome, but it felt very surreal. And I don't think it sunk in that I'd won my pro card. I don't know if it sunk in now, really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's a big goal that when you tick it off, it's weird. it's a weird feeling because it's like, wow, this is like real. It doesn't seem seems too good to be true. Mm. Um But yeah, but then you realise once you win it, it's sort of just like it's like graduating high school. You've achieved that, but it's just the beginning. There's so much more. Yeah. Like so you've conquered
1: Australia, work. but then yeah, in a the way, world now there's got it the world opens next. Up,
0: uh, opportunities for the next level. So there's yeah. a lot more work to be done, a lot more shows to be done, a lot more progress to be made, but it's a big stepping stone, I think. Yeah. So it was an exciting day to win that for sure. Uh,
1: congratulations.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Now it felt pretty weird. I think, um, I don't think it's going to fully sink in until I do my first pro show. Because um, again. So
1: tell us, what do you mean by pro show?
0: So pro shows are uh, the, the shows that uh, I guess you're competing for money. Um, and they're the shows that are going to qualify you for the Olympia down the track or however you anyone
1: are. that competes in the pro show, they must win.
0: If you want to get a to pro card make, first. Yeah. So you got to win your national sh- amateur show. Yeah. And that qualifies you. Yeah. Obviously to win your pro card uh, and then you perfect, you're considered a professional athlete. So then you go do the professional shows where you can obviously level up and yep. aim to be the best. Uh, but yeah, so my first pro show will be next year. Uh, which there's not any major shows for Classic Physique in Australia. So I'll be going to America around June, July, um, doing a handful of shows there. And that's, yeah, that's where it all starts, I think. But uh, I think that's when it'll fully sink in that I've won the pro card because I guess you win your pro card, but it's, I don't know, you have to do something with it, I guess, before it seems real. I don't know.
1: How did you celebrate after you won? I
0: didn't really do too much. We were obviously, I was living in Queensland at the time, but we were here in Melbourne for the show. We stayed here for a week and just sort of explored the city. Um, after the show, we sort of went and walked around. The day after the show, we went out for a big pasta meal, a big carbonara, <laughs> a big bowl of, uh, yeah, carbonara was my celebration. We just sort of yeah. had a nice sort of night together and enjoyed a meal. And that yeah. was pretty much it.
1: For the average show in Melbourne or wherever, and they see you walk past, they don't actually care, right? They have no idea you won. Or yeah, do no. they do well, They all they come up to you to get autographs?
0: People in the gym who follow yeah bodybuilding, Sometimes come and I guess they recognize me and stuff. But anyone else who's not into bodybuilding, would be like, oh, who's this big idiot walking around? <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, bodybuilding's a pretty niche sport, so not everyone really gets into it. But um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I guess yeah, as a pro, winning shows and stuff, people tend to recognize you sometimes, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, but again, uh it's only the beginning. There's only <laughs> winning a pro card is just the first step. So there's obviously a lot more to come, a lot more exposure to get, all that sort of stuff. So that'll yeah. come.
1: Can I ask you something? Yeah. And before I get to that, I'm going to read something from Instagram. Okay. That you posted after you won. Yeah. The biggest thank you to Morgan Eldred, who has not only put up with my pursuit on this somewhat selfish sport, but also joined me on the fun and absolutely conquered her own prep alongside me. I love you more than you know and appreciate you more than I can express.
0: Yeah. I think I wrote that the day after the show when I was doing cardio. <laughs> I <I've> been <laughs> doing cardio in the in the in the hotel gym after the show. Mm. But yeah, it's like it's. I think I'm very lucky to have someone who understands what I do because I think after what we've sort of spoken about today, it's pretty. I guess you can probably tell that bodybuilding is a very, uh, in a way, selfish sort of sport. Um, it's hard. It would be very hard to understand, I'm sure, for most people who aren't into the sport as well. And it takes a lot, obviously, a lot of routine and a lot of. Specifics that have to be uh, In line 24-7 mm. So to have someone uh, To support that And understand it Is very I'm very very lucky And grateful for um, And the fact that She competes as well And she uh, does the same thing Makes it even better Because we can do it together It's really fun um, I've Obviously you hear A lot of people out there Who have In relationships And they're not Uh, I guess perfectly aligned because one person wants to compete the other person doesn't I think there's a weird imbalance just because lifestyles can be so different Mm. but we're very lucky that we love the same thing we're both big fans of bodybuilding the sport we both have big goals to um, be successful professionals as well at it Um, so we align really really well so it's it's really good
1: it's normal to be in relationships with someone who's quite different to you yeah and it's so rare that you're with someone like Morgan, and you're completely aligned. Yeah, it's a really special thing.
0: We're very lucky. Yeah. Every relationship's different. Like you yes. got a mixed match of different qualities. I think personality-wise, we're fairly different, mm. but in a way that like like fits together well. Right. I think I'm a very laid back sort of uh, relaxed sort of person, and she's very high energy, like very like outgoing sort of person. Ah. But together, it just mixes really well. But having those differences that sort of fit together, like it's like Tetris just like fits together really well. Yeah. Having those sort of qualities that work well uh, while also having the same goal in mind, it's like, yeah. a, it's like a perfect combo. So it makes things very, very easy.
1: What do you love most about Morgan?
0: Um, I don't know. It's just, I think when you're with someone that you enjoy being around, just spending time with them, whether it's like you're doing activities together or if you're just doing your own thing, but in the presence of each other. I think I like just being around her because She obviously makes me feel happy and like, I don't know, feel good. So having her there, whether or not we're doing stuff together is always fun or if they're doing other things, just being in each other's presence is enjoyable.
1: How did you two meet?
0: At the gym, of course. (laughs) Um, We both worked at a good life gym as personal trainers. We were both trainers. Yeah. When when was this? This was 2019, I think. Okay. And and our first date was uh, a a trip to the gym. (laughs) And then from there we just- Who teared that up? uh, I don't know. I remember there was a day that I was, it was a weekend. I was like, oh, I'm going to go train at this gym at the beach on the weekend. Do you want to come with? She's like, yep. That's where it started. Mm. But yeah. and then Smooth. It worked out very, it was just very casual, but it worked out very well. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she wasn't. Who
1: she, got whose number or Instagram?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it started, to be honest. No. It just sort of flowed very naturally, which was cool. We didn't have to force anything. Yep. Not premeditated. Um, no, but she didn't know what bodybuilding was when we first met. She's like, what's okay. bodybuilding? It's like, she you know,
1: was obviously into fitness. She
0: was into the gym, but she didn't. But really not know that, that the sport of competitive bodybuilding. Oh. And then she sort of I, we she sort of learned a bit out about it, and then started to enjoy the process a little bit more. Yeah. Then she came to my first show and watched the women compete. Right. Your first show was at twenty one. Uh, my first show, I was 21, I think, yeah. It was just before COVID hit, so twenty early 2020. And she came to support she you. She came and supported, and then after I finished, we watched the women's show, and she was. I was sitting there with her, and she was absolutely loving it. She's like, holy hell, I want to do this. Ah. And then since that, she's been really into it. Right. So, yeah. So, it's, it's cool that she, yeah. She's Has she
1: changed much since you first met her?
0: Personality-wise, no. Uh, Physique-wise, she's built some solid muscle, which yeah. is always the goal. Um, but, yeah, I think not... not the things that you don't want people to change, she hasn't changed. The things you do want to change for your own, like just for myself wanting to build muscle, her wanting to build muscle and progress in the sport, we've both changed a lot, I think. If it wasn't because
1: um, of you, would she have gotten into bodybuilding?
0: I don't know. Um, maybe not. Uh, she definitely w- wasn't really aware of it, I think, before we met. So maybe she wouldn't. Yeah. But I think she enjoys it a lot now to the point where she, I'm sure she might've stumbled across it at some point from whatever happened, but yeah. who knows? Who knows? But I think she's glad she's found it. I'm glad she found it because she enjoys it.
1: I don't really know, but I can only assume that maybe women might have re- some resistance toward body, bodybuilding.
0: I think sometimes. It's, I think uh, it's very easy for people who aren't as educated in what bodybuilding is. For females sometimes to look at it and be like, oh, I don't want to look muscular. I guess because most yeah. women don't want to look Cause muscular. Because enough,
1: enough men already say oh, I don't want to gym too much because I don't want to get too big. Yeah, and I so think I just women would say stereotypically the same thing a too. lot
0: of ladies don't want to get muscular, yeah. but saying they get a lot to do and it uh, just depends on what you want to do. There's no but right it's right. hard to get muscular. For, for a male, it's hard to get <laughs> muscular. For a female, just hormonally, uh, they're not going to grow as easy as men either. So yeah, yeah not everyone's going to grow, but it's definitely doable and a lot of women do it and do a really good job at it. Um, but it's... Because it's not tricky. like you
1: just... Hit the gym a couple of times and you're going to get massive. And I think that's it where people sort of get takes scared. A lot of work. Sometimes
0: people get scared. It's like, oh, shit, I don't want to, they don't want to get too manly looking or whatever. And it, it obviously doesn't happen overnight. Um, But yeah, it's obviously doable. If you have the right goals and you're doing the right thing as everything sort of works. So yeah, I think uh, at first when a lot of people don't know much about sport, men and women, it's very easy to sort of not understand it and not really want to be resistant towards it because they don't want to look like it. But I think when you yeah. learn more about it, you can understand that you can have full control over how your body looks. It's just about doing the right things and educating yourself on what's uh, what's required to make the progress you want and then do it. Yeah. Because you're not just going to go to the gym and put on 10 kilos of muscle in a, a week.
1: The ideal body is obviously very subjective. Mm. For men, a typical way of comparison would be the V taper. Yeah. yeah small waist. Yeah. Big arms,
0: big chest,
1: all that. Yeah. Um, How about for females?
0: I think it changes a lot, doesn't it? I think if you look – I was speaking to Morgan about this the other day. Um, If you look like, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, lots of ladies tended to want to look like very skinny and like model-like. Yeah. then they're sort of like – Morgan's
1: a personal trainer
0: herself. She's a trainer as well and a coach herself, yeah. yeah. Um, And we
1: could follow her on – Morgan Eldred?
0: Yeah, just Instagram yep. and everything as well. And she does similar to what I do. She does uh, programming and coaching. And she does a lot of like posing coaching for the stage, for bikini competitors. Because oh, obviously posing is a very big part of...
1: Yeah, for the female yeah. listeners who are interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, check yeah, out Morgan. If we
0: look at posing, like posing is a very big part of bodybuilding, but especially for the the bikini category because they get judged a lot on, I guess, how they present themselves. So she coaches people on how to do that, which is awesome because there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, um, But yeah... Where were we? Oh, uh, yeah. for I think women in general, like, I think a lot of them these days want to look like, I don't know, like Instagram people. It's just the same as guys do. Um, but it sort of varies. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's very easy to sort of uh, build up a bit of a misconception as to what happens in the gym and how much muscle you're going to grow overnight, which sort of scares some people, I think. Sure. But, yeah.
1: This is a stupid question, but I'm curious about it. Guys... Who train and do it in the right way, they can grow and have massive chests. Yeah. How about for women? Is it possible to train their chest and grow their breasts?
0: Yeah, oh, you'll build like pec muscle. Pec so muscle, yeah. Every Does that every make the every person's got like <laughs> like a pec, like a chest muscle. Yeah. Obviously, women it's sort of hidden by other <laughs> other body parts as well. Yeah. So if you build up your pecs, you're going to build up your pecs. It's just like mm. building your chest. So, yes. guys normally want to be chest just because it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Girls, I guess, aren't always too concerned because you can't always see like a pec muscle. that's hidden by,
1: Oh, the, the pec doesn't push up
0: the, Oh, I don't think directly. Nah. Okay. It's <laughs> a, the, obviously the muscle is like a deeper layer. So that's, yeah. A, yeah. I, to be honest, I don't even know uh, how it works too much. Yeah. But, uh, for bodybuilding in women, I think a lot of women don't prioritize a lot of chest work because it's not really judged on the stage. So it's not really sure. need to worry about. Um, It's a lot of women categories, very like leg and glute dominant. So more lower body work.
1: Your abs are so defined and thick and you're in your off season right now. Yeah. Yeah. Still visible. Yeah. How much do people need to train their abs?
0: Uh, It it depends on what your goals are against. Like you need to train your abs. Doing bigger compound movements where you're like supporting your posture, your abs are working. Obviously by bracing your core, the abs are being worked. Um, But if you struggle to brace your core, I always recommend doing a bit of extra core work just because it helps sort of build a better connection with your abs and learning how to brace it, right? Um, Obviously, ab work will build the ab muscle as well, but it's never going to be visible if you're holding extra body fat. So it's about making sure body fat levels are lower so you can see it. Mm. Um, And then obviously having abdominal muscle, everyone has it there, but the more developed it is, the more you're going to be able to see it. Um, Can
1: there be a significant difference by building the abs to make them thicker and make them pop?
0: Yeah, well, if you train them more, like any muscle, they're going to grow and be more visible. But you got to remember as well, a lot of people sort of get scared that by training too much abs, they're going to make their waist look thicker, which is, I guess, technically that could happen, but it's sort of pretty tricky. If you think about how thin, like your abdominal or your abs, like the muscle's probably like that thin. So for the muscle to double in size, it's going to be like that thick. Mm. Even that's not super thick, sure. And for a muscle to double in size, if you think about doubling the size of your bicep, it takes time. Yeah. So it's not like doubling the thickness of your abs is going to make your waist a lot thicker. So how often you can do you train them. your abs? I train mine one or two times a week uh, in the off season, just yeah. to sort of keep them, just to make sure that I'm bracing well and keep them active.
1: If you didn't train your abs at all, yeah, do you think your abs would look less defined? I think
0: pretty similar, pretty similar. Maybe actually. slightly less developed, but if your body fat's low enough, you're going to see abs anyway.
1: Is it genetics too?
0: How uh up? Gen- pop? No, it can be. Everyone's sort of got a genetic sort of different shape to their abdominals and stuff. You probably see some people that have like really symmetrical abs. Some people have like not symmetrical. So that's a genetic thing, just the way the muscles attach, like every muscle. But yeah. I think the amount that your abs are protrusive mostly comes down to how dense they are, obviously from being worked and also just how low or high body fat you are. So it's like revealed. Yeah. But everyone, it's a common thing, isn't it? Everyone wants abs. <laughs> but the easiest way to do it is just to lose body fat body fat get lean as lean as possible Mm -hmm. in a healthy manner and they'll be there
1: what do you prefer to be shredded low body fat or right now
0: um it depends it's it's a hard question again because with uh the bodybuilding competitive side of things it's not so much that we're concerned about how we look it's more how we're how you feel how we um, not even so much how we feel more just how much progress we're making Mm. because again it's a sport where you're trying to uh, meet a criteria of judging. So you're trying sure. to make progress in certain areas. So it's not like we're looking at ourselves and be like, ah, oh, I want to look like this because I want to, I don't know, because I want f- people to look at me this way. It's more about trying to meet a criteria for a sport so you can win at it. So it's, uh, again, a less of an emotional thing, more of mm-hmm. like a, just a factual competitive thing. So you treat it
1: professionally.
0: Um, yeah. Like it's not so. I think when you're bodybuilding competitively, you're doing it to win shows, not to look good and feel not to look like a certain way mm. um, for different reasons, I guess. But um, f- personally, I I I enjoy, I sort of enjoy the phase I'm in now because having more food in your system in a growing phase, you have more energy. More energy, you feel better, feel stronger, um, all that sort of stuff when yeah. you're in a cutting phase for a show. Obviously, you look leaner and sometimes it feels good to be a little bit leaner as well. Yeah. Um, but your energy levels are lower because you're putting less energy into your body and your output's normally higher. So yeah, energy's not always quite as...
1: is it possible to build muscle at maintenance meaning your calorie expenditure and what you consume is almost the same
0: yeah it it can be done but like obviously you're going to make more progress if you're in a surplus um i think for a lot of people you can sort of recomp a little bit especially if you're new to the gym sometimes your body is a lot more responsive to what you're doing so if you're eating at maintenance levels you may be able to drop a bit of body fat and build a bit of muscle at the same time yeah um definitely doable but the results may be a little bit less um like not, not quite as fast if you're sort of directly focusing on losing body fat one or the other or yeah. building muscle um, but there's a time and place for that sort of stuff I think for a lot of clients who of mine who are really new to the gym will sort of start around maintenance calories maybe a slight surplus and they'll find they will be able to drop a bit of body fat and build a bit of muscle yeah. uh, but for someone who's more advanced um, you sort of have to be a bit more specific, I find.
1: Yeah, it's always like the first couple of years. Yeah, when you, you do, have, your body's not used to it. So almost anything quickly. you do is going to
0: make yeah. some sort of response. But yeah.
1: If I may, just to go
0: back to your partner,
1: Morgan. Yeah. What do you think makes your relationship
0: work so well? Again, I think similar to what I said before, sort of like just uh, the balance of different characteristics that sort of evens each other out. Um and i guess having a very similar mindset to achieving things that we want to achieve it makes it obviously we relate to each other very well because we have the same interests (laughs) like if being a fan of bodybuilding it's just like being a sport a a fan of any sport like you chat with your mates about it and you feel like you chat about for ages we're the same we both love it so we can talk about the same stuff your number one
1: passion would be bodybuilding yeah hundred percent. how about morgan
0: yeah, she's the same, to be honest. Same?
1: Yeah. And before you two were together, well, what would you say was her number one? She used
0: to be into athletics. Athletics. Um, like, I think through school and, like, teenage years and stuff, she was yeah. Yeah, really good at, like, I think, well, she did, like, a bunch of different athletics, like high jump, uh, long jump, just running, lots sort of stuff, all the track stuff.
1: And when she took more and more of an interest toward mm. bodybuilding, did that just happen naturally or did you in the back of your mind want to try and like kind of just encourage have her be encourage like, I her would inside.
0: hate nothing more than for her to do something that she doesn't want to do yeah because like, I don't care what she does as long as she's happy that's yeah. the main thing um so the fact that she f- this makes her happy and she enjoys it that's the most important thing but um so maybe
1: you you inspired her a lot Seeing I think how I much, I, think seen I, how exposed,
0: much I exposed her to the sport a bit I guess yeah. um and then, yeah, maybe seeing me do well and enjoy it, she wanted to do it as well. But yeah, I'd never want to pressure her into doing it because it, I'd hate to do something. Even myself, I hate to do something that I don't want to do just because someone told me to do it. Um, but being her similar to me, she was into like a, another sport when she was younger. You can sort of take similar sort of uh, lessons you learn from that into the sport of bodybuilding, although yeah. it's like a very different sort of act. But she could bring things you learned from that into this. I could bring what I did younger into this as well. So we sort of had a similar sort of upbringing of playing a lot of sport So it sort of related well with that as well. Um, I think she just sort of hadn't found exactly what sport she wanted to like actually, I guess, stick to until she found this. So Mm.
1: it worked out well. And how does she
0: spend your time compared to you? Um, Relatively similar. (laughs) She's got a similar routine. Um, We, I think... I, we do a lot of our work separately. So if I'm working with clients, I'll normally do it on my own time when she's out doing other work or that doing her own training or something as well. Just easier to sort of focus. And she'll probably do the same. I mean, I'm at the gym. She probably might be doing some of her client work as well. So we're doing similar stuff, but I think uh, having time to herself to do the work, especially for me because I get distracted easy, Um, It's good to do that on our own, but Mm. what we're doing is very similar. It's just sort of spaced out in like, I guess the most like optimal sort of way, Mm. but her and I are both very easily distracted. (laughs) It's like, I'll get distracted easy. She'll probably get distracted easy if we both are both It's kind of hard to believe. Yeah. No, I get distracted very easily. (laughs) Um, I got a short attention span, but I guess if I'm talking about something I enjoy, like competing and all that sort of stuff, I can talk about it forever. Right. Right.
1: What's so cool is that you and Morgan competed together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, first show we did together. So um, is the the show that she did this year was her first ever show. She prepped for a few other shows earlier, yeah. but they didn't happen because of COVID. So she had a long time coming for this show. Mm. Um, but we did it together and it was it was awesome because like, we're in the same similar sort of process of getting in shape for the show. Yeah. Like we understand how each other feel. Sometimes we're lower energy in prep. We understand it because we're feeling it ourselves. Yeah. It's not like, we're like, what's this person doing? so tired all the time for it's very understandable so how it makes much, things very easy how much
1: did she support you leading Plenty, up to the show lot.
0: um no she supporting me heaps and i think it, i don't really need a lot of uh physical sort of support i guess mm. but just by having her there and understanding what i'm doing is the most supporting thing that helps i think and she right. probably feels a similar way like i don't, absolutely i don't I don't, know, I don't like the idea of you see it a lot like having in a relationship, like sometimes everyone's got their own roles. Like sometimes a lady will do all the cooking the guy will do all this. Yeah. I don't really like the idea of doing that. I like just doing her own thing. I, don't, I would hate to have her do stuff for me, but by her just being there and being, I don't know, just sort of having understanding what I'm doing and having like a supportive energy about what I'm doing and then doing the same thing herself is awesome. That's, yeah. that's plenty. But yeah, I wouldn't say much phys- like physical support in terms of doing things for each other. I, I don't think that's necessary. I think just understanding.
1: Is it true? When bodybuilders get to competition uh, yeah. to to be ready on to, to be ready for the show. Yeah. They're so depleted, the energy's down that the sex drive is also down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> everything. <laughs> like your your energy, everything. Like uh, everything's down. It's just the way it is. Like your body's trying to provide energy just to function on right. such low calories. That yeah, a lot of Certain bodily functions and certain things, you just body just like nut. Nah, that's on the backbone I'm not going to worry about that right now. Mm. And then obviously once you refuel, put your food back in, everything comes back to obviously baseline and you're, you're healthy again. Yeah. But yeah, it's when you're in prep the, like there's not much else going on mm. other than just prep. <laughs> it's just you got to f- f- there's tunnel vision, choose what you're doing, and then know that the other sort of parts of life come back. <laughs> yeah.
1: In professional sports, let's say football, soccer. Yeah. Uh, There's a coach, Pep Guardiola, who coaches Manchester City. It could be myth or factual, but he tells his players to not have sex before game day or the night before.
0: What's the science behind that?
1: Because if you have sex, then your energy is depleted.
0: Okay. Mm. I I guess that makes sense. On a hormonal level or like on a just physical output level? Uh, Everything. Like I guess...
1: uh, I can understand that The the theory is You have sex uh, You love hormones You're not focused You're thinking about The person you may love to You Uh, know Orgasm Energy is depleted Generally speaking for men
0: Yeah Yeah I guess that makes sense I haven't thought of that before to be honest But Any sort of physical activity To any extent before A game or a show or whatever Yeah I guess you're taking out of your energy stores So Mm. That makes sense that's is that what is that what he does or is that like a, what a lot of people uh, do is it like a, is that a known
1: That's what Pep the coach would advise his players. Okay.
0: Yeah. That just makes sense. I've never heard of it and I got no idea what the science part of it is, but <laughs> I guess it makes sense, doesn't it? Mm.
1: What I'm trying to get to is say not to be too personal here, yeah. but optimal sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep and recovery. If we talk about sex and sleep and recovery Do you have anything to to say about before you sleep or in the morning when you wake up about how to recover the best for your body?
0: Well, sleep is like a very big thing. uh, If you want to build muscle or maintain muscle when you're in a deficit, you need to be recovering and sleeping is when you recover the most. So sleeping is a big thing. Um, I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, but I also... I don't breathe. I have like a uh, sleep apnea. So I need to be using like a CPAP machine when I oh. sleep. So like a the big mask thing that helps you breathe. Yeah. Um, and when I use that, massive difference in energy levels next day. Massive. Uh-huh. It's like noticeably massive. Purely because I got more oxygen in my, in my lungs, I'm, I've had a better quality sleep. Um, so that's uh, part of your sleep hygiene. You yeah. That. It's broken. My, my machine's broken recently. Uh-huh. And... I never really noticed the fact that I'm a little bit more tired until I start using it again. Okay. And then the next day I'm like, holy shit, I feel really, really fresh. Sure, um, But yeah, it, it's a massive noticeable difference that, yeah, when your sleep quality is better, mm. um, your energy throughout the day is better, your recovery is better, your performance is better, everything. It's a massive difference. I think your mental clarity is better. Yeah. Obviously, hormone function is going to be better, everything. It's crazy how it works, but yeah. How about sex before sleep? Um, in terms of... Recovery. Uh, from I, it, I don't have any knowledge on the science part. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm from, guessing from
1: experience, like does it um, does it help in your recovery? Does it um, detract you from your recovery,
0: or no difference? I, from what I've experienced, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sure there'd be like a more scientific answer to it. Yeah. Um, but I think if it's a way to, re- I guess, relax you more, so you're getting into a deeper sleep than yeah. potentially. Um, but yeah, I don't know enough about how it affects your hormones, uh, on like a short term sure to affect it. Yeah. But yeah. But do you, do you know? Um, I have no well
1: idea. Th- this part, um, we can, we can cut out, right. Uh, yeah. the sex thing. But, um, so th- this is what I've observed before going to sleep. Yeah. Sometimes I find that actually I wake up groggy. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I find that, Oh, you know, if I, s- if I just simply go to sleep mm. and maybe before sleeping, like just unwind or meditate, mm. I wake up very refreshed. Okay. And, and I find that when you have sex and the sheets really dirty, um, your sleep quality it's, is not things, good. You know, it's, it's, it's just wet. And then you just like your, your partner's like, you know, it, it was good sex and she passed out and I passed out. But and the sex could be, it could be like five minutes. It could be an hour, mm. you know? Um, and I feel like, uh, actually, if perhaps my choice would be actually just stick to a time to sleep, mm. and and focus on recovery, well and the sex it can you come your later. Sleep
0: Duration, maybe. Yeah. But
1: have yeah. you like? Do you have any personal experience? But again, I'm a very heavy
0: heavy sleeper. Yeah. I can. Sleep. I just find
1: that with when we have sex, in inevitably the time I go to sleep will be much later.
0: Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so, plenty of sense. Like So yeah.
1: how how have you found the right balance where you still sleep at a good time and um, you know, make love when you feel and
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. To be honest, I sleep so easily. <laughs> that uh, like it's it's never an issue. I can right. I can run a marathon before I go to bed, I can be doing work before bed, I tend to I hit the pillow and I'm I'm out. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm I, I feel around sleep I'm not very mindful. Okay. Just because I sleep so easily, like yeah. I don't take note of variables that that, oh. that I guess affect it too much. To be honest, um, I think someone who would struggle with sleep, I'm sure they'd be able to tell more oh. how it affects the sleep because timing. obviously the timing makes a big difference. But the, I think the quality is the biggest thing.
1: Timing of sex.
0: Yeah, as in how yeah. it affects your sleep, or
1: uh, timing of sex, how that may affect your sleep or your recovery.
0: Yeah, um, I think for me it, if, if if it's an activity you're doing before bed yeah you, you're active you're expending energy so yeah. you'd think that you'd probably calories go, burnt. well yeah but you'd think you'd probably go into a deeper sleep wouldn't you uh, okay. because you sure it's like if you went and did a workout yeah. you're tired after you're going to go into a deeper sleep earlier yeah. so potentially before bed may affect getting into a deeper sleep easier how about in the morning um yeah uh in terms of energy yeah how it affects your energy um I need to do more. I need to research this. Okay. This is an interesting. Okay. I have. I honestly have no like knowledge on how right. it affects your energy at all. Sure. Um. Yeah. But now you mentioned, I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I want to know. But yeah, to be honest, I don't. I don't know if it has a massive effect on energy. But I know that it does have an effect on, I guess, mental. There are some.
1: There are some athletes. Yeah, that. Um. Before game day, the night before, no sex, or, or yeah. even a week, a week before the game, yeah, no sex at all.
0: Yeah okay yeah. And Actually now you say that I remember my first ever coach Before my first show He did say that So before the show just Don't do it Go to sleep It was like, okay How many know. days before the show That was just one day before the show that oh, was One day before. okay mm. um, That's the last thing in your mind before a show You're tired and You just want to sleep <laughs> mm. But now you say that I do remember him saying that But again yeah. I don't know the science behind it But it's probably something I would like to learn To be honest Because if it's If timing or anything will affect your performance in the gym or your recovery it's worthwhile knowing i guess yeah. but i have no knowledge on well, server
1: whatever you're doing is already working I so guess, but again there's no always different ways to make it better go, I there's think.
0: always ways to add one percent little improvements to what you're doing and be better so yeah. the more knowledge you have the better mm.
1: when it comes to food yes digestion how do you take care of your body
0: um, In terms of digestion... In, in terms um, of digestion so take because few, you eat so much. I eat a lot of food, yeah. yeah. I've recently started... there's a point where I was just taking like a generic uh, digestive enzyme supplement which would just help break down food. Um, but recently I've been advised by my coach to start using a couple of more uh, specific supplements. One was a form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate, I think it was called. Um, And then the other is... I don't know how to pronounce it, betaine, 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 B-T, B-E-T-A-I-N-E, H-C-L. I don't know how the hell you pronounce it, mm-hmm. um, but it, it aids in producing more um, stomach acid to break down foods. Okay. So it's sort of like a more specific, direct uh, version of just taking a generic digestive enzyme. Have so you heard of
1: uric acid?
0: Yeah, I've heard of it, but I'm, again, I'm not really too sure of, oh. <laughs> of the specifics of it. But those are the two supplements I take. Um just to help break down foods. Cause again, sure. the digestive system having to break down so much beef and meat and chicken and all this food every two hours. a mm. regularly, every day can sort of become a little bit tough, I guess.
1: Uh, what kind of other supplements do you take? Um,
0: uh, man, I've got heaps. <laughs> um, so in the morning I wake up, I've got a big concoction of stuff. Um, I've got obviously liver and kidney support supplements as well, which are a combo of different, um, different herbs. What are they? It's like a milk thistle supplement. Um, a Tudka, Tudka, how you say it. it? Stands for something. I forget what it stands for, but again, it's just organ support. Um, I take uh, what else is in there? Ashwagandha. Um, Ash, Ash. I have before, but not have not at the moment. Oh. I take a GABA supplement, which in, is another. Uh, it's I guess in a way similar to Ashwagandha. It's it's helps to. I how guess, do you say it again? Ash Ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. I don't ashwagandha.
1: Don't even, I think that's how you say Ashwagandha.
0: It. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just a herbal supplement because that's. that's
1: to help with helps with stress. easing the mind a bit
0: and that's what yeah. the gamma supplement in a way is Take similar gamma. for it sort of like eases the mind a bit yeah um, I've obviously got and read
1: power of now what's that sorry read power of now
0: read power of now that, yeah. that gets you that's going a, as that's well that's a good supplement I love that thing I've been reading Um. I've been going back and reading the secret as well oh, which is similar stuff yes. uh, but supplement wise again what else do I have I've got a uh, was it vitamin C um, so I'll take omega threes. I'll take um, what else am I doing? there? I just got, I got a big tray in my cupboard, and I just put them all in, in the morning. Creatine, creatine, I take as well. So if we talk about, I guess, performance supplements, creatine's in there as well. Um, I take glutamine as well for gut health. Um, and just digestion as well. Um, you can also add in recovery D. too. Vitamin, I take vitamin D two and K three, mm-hmm. which is like in the one uh, supplement together. Oh uh, man, my memory is so bad. What else do I take? Just in, in simple terms, there's a few organ support supplements, yes. general health supplements, um, just certain things to help with recovery as well on top of a diet. But again, if your diet is pretty complete, um, you're going to get most of the micronutrients through it, um, but there are some things you'll benefit from having higher um, doses of. So that's what those sort of um, supplements come in to play for as well. Mm. But yeah, I need to write it down. People always ask me and I'm like, man, I can't even remember. I just, I, I buy them i make note of them <laughs> I, know, I take them every day yeah. without thinking about it but yeah there's, it's, it comes down to the individual as well um, if you're very active like I am or if you're in the, in the gym a lot as well it can sort of take a toll on certain organs and certain parts of your body so you want to make sure you're mm. supplementing for that um, and having certain nutrients in higher quantities you want to take care of your health because if you're not at healthy at first you're not going to be in the position to build muscle or yeah. progress So,
1: are you concerned at all with the amount of protein you take
0: not so much. So from what I've been told, it can high protein diets can affect um, obviously internal organs and stuff. If you have pre existing issues yeah. from what I've seen, if you're perfectly healthy, um, it's not going to make a massive, uh, it's not going to really be too much of an issue other than being a little bit of extra stress on the um, digestive system as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from my knowledge, I've had no issues with anything. I obviously get my blood work done regularly as well to make sure everything else is in line. But from my experience, I've had no issues from having a high protein diet, other than just having to be very mindful of the meal timing, so that you're breaking it down well enough before you have your next meal. Um, But what is it? I think it's it's a bit toxic on the kidney or liver or something if you're having a high protein diet Mm. with pre-existing issues. Yes, like everything, really. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Any tips for timing of meals? How do you fit it all in?
0: So for me, my meals are, I'm having six meals a day, so I have to be pretty mindful. I have a a pretty consistent uh, timing routine throughout the day to make sure I get it in. Because if you're having like one meal in the morning and then you're waiting a bunch of hours till the next one, you're likely going to have to condense a lot of the meals and that's when it's not going to digest too well. Whereas if you're having your meals spaced out evenly at a certain time, you know they're going to go in and digest well. So for me, I have the first meal is normally 7.30ish. The next one's normally around uh, 10ish. The next one's normally around one-ish. Next one's normally about 3.34-ish.
1: Do you take all of this with you on the go?
0: Uh, depending on the day. Normally, I can have a lot of it fresh because I'm normally working from home in the morning and afternoon. Oh, you don't live too So far. I'll normally bring uh, one or two meals to the gym, have one before I leave, and yeah. then have the, the last few in the afternoon at home. But if I'm going out the day, yeah, I'll prep it up. I
1: think I've seen you eat your food at the gym. Yeah, I'm normally and you eating. don't really heat it up.
0: Sometimes. It depends. Depends what meal it is. Yeah. I don't need to heat it up. Sometimes it's better when you heat it up though, especially when your calories are higher. I think you need to- But no worries with germs and- Nah, it's fine. I cook it pretty fresh. It's like I cook it fresh, put it in the fridge. On the day? Uh, If I'm having it cold, I normally have it from uh, prepped on the day or at least the day before. Yeah. But I'll normally prep up my meats in bulk, my um, rice and carb sources in bulk, and then I'll weigh them out and obviously put them into- How many days in advance? um, Meat, I'll normally have two to three days in advance. Okay. Uh, the chicken will sort of be Probably two days yeah. The beef I normally do on the day Just because I go through So much beef
1: Right so you don't Do it a week in advance No
0: I think f- Luckily enough for me I work from home So uh, I can quickly Whip stuff up in the morning sure. And then in the afternoon in, And I, that's sort of like What I use Is my breaks between work So I work for a couple of hours Yeah. Have a little break To quickly prep up a meal So that makes it pretty easy But um, obviously If you're not working from home When I used to work Full time from the gym I'd obviously prep up Further in advance And just freeze the meals And then heat them up mm. So that's probably the most common way to do things. Prep it up at the start of the week, maybe prep for three or four days or the whole week. Yep. Freeze it, and then you don't have to think about it. Just take it. Uh, having
1: yeah. a good process is so
0: important to actually make yeah. you apply it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So my uh, it's very yeah it's pretty routine what I do with my meals. Just <laughs> cook it up, eat it, season it, make sure it's nice, done. Down the hatch. I
1: appreciate so much that you're spending all this time with me when you could be eating.
0: Well, it's almost meal time now. <laughs> almost <laughs> now meal I'm time. Think about it, but yeah, actually. Four o'clock it is right my next meal. i got a little bit of time. It's all right. right. I'm getting right. hungry though. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> but no, it's normally every few hours I eat a meal. So yeah. morning meals are a little bit more spaced out. Afternoons are more condensed. But yeah, yeah, it works out pretty well. But timing is key. A lot of clients that come to me and they'll say, oh, I don't have the appetite. Because they're obviously trying to grow, they're eating in a surplus. Your appetite will be so much lower if your meals are condensed. You're always going to digest stuff better and have more of an appetite if you have smaller, more frequent meals, but spaced out in like an even than having like three big massive meals.
1: I'd love to hear where you're going next year. Next year. Your big dreams.
0: Next year, I'm planning on doing my first uh, first dinner pro shows over in America. So uh, going off of the dates, I believe the shows will be from June till August. There's like three different shows um, around uh, Florida and Texas and I think Chicago were the shows I was looking at. I don't think they've announced the exact dates yet until I don't know what date they're announcing, but as soon as they announce them, I'm going to register and make sure I book it in and organise flights and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, mid next year is when the shows will be, um, which means I'll be starting my prep for the show, which is obviously like the cutting phase of dropping weight and making weight for the stage. It'll probably start around February, maybe late February. Um, So yeah, it's all sort of roughly planned out. As soon as dates are announced, I'm going to register and get it all going. But mid next year is when it starts. Um, Yeah, now we're just sort of in that growing phase putting on a bit more muscle before it's time what's the dream the dream my dream I want to go to the Olympia and win the Olympia as big as of a goal it is like sometimes I say it and people be like what are, what are you talking about that's like that's a big goal you don't go to do that but I believe I can do it I don't think I'm there yet obviously I'm going to make a lot of progress and work towards it but I have I belief in my work ethic to the point where I know that I'll be able to do what's required to get there I just got to be patient make sure I keep doing what I'm doing to the point where I get there but that's the goal I want to be as good as I can possibly be at it.
1: I'm soaking up this moment right now because I feel humbled that I'm here with you before all of this before is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I'll, I'll come back after it happens. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's hard to say. I think it's hard to put your goals out there without coming across as like cocky and overconfident. But you gotta believe it. You gotta have self confidence. Yes. I believe in having like and you uh, talked about the secret. Again, exactly. You got to have sort of the, you got to know what you want and envision it and make sure you're working towards it and believe you're going to have it or it won't happen. Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger was all about that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) he was very, he was, he was, I wouldn't say he's cocky, but he was very openly (laughs) confident, which is fine. Yeah, I I sort of believe more in being, I guess, silently confident. Like Mm. I have the belief inside I don't want to go out and sort of rub it in people's faces. I just want to believe it myself and just do it. Do you picture it though?
1: Do you picture yourself on stage taking the... Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like one of those weird things you think about in the shower. Like I envision like speeches I do winning the show and like just envision like certain things. Because it's like, I don't know, it's like when you're a kid growing up wanting to be like a sports player or something, you sort of imagine yourself doing it. And now, same thing now. I'm like a fan of the sport and I envision myself doing it, but I'm sort of envisioning on like a level where I know I can do it now. So it's about... Piecing it together to get get there, yeah. So yeah, it takes, it's gonna take time. I'm not there yet, obviously, but I think with time and persistence and the right amount of work, it'll it'll come.
1: A lot of people might compare you to C. Bum, yeah, Chris Bumstead.
0: He's the man. Yeah.
1: yeah. What do you envision? Because you're gonna meet him one day. Yeah. And see. on stage with you, you take home the the title. Yeah. He be could be second.
0: <laughs> never. Yeah. You never know what'll happen. Like. Yeah. I think he's the guy that everyone who competes, looks up to in classic physique, obviously. Mm. He's, a man, He's a bit older than you. Yeah, I think, what's he, like 27, I think. Yeah, about that. Which is still pretty young for a bodybuilder. Yes. But, um, I think that's one of my biggest uh, advantages that I'm pretty young as well. So I've got time aside to progress with it. So by the time I'm at his level, I'm not going to be so old that I'm going to have to sort of rush it. I've got time to do stuff at a healthy rate, make sure I'm growing without pushing the envelope health wise um but yeah but he's a man he's i think everyone who wants to compete and do well wants to be at his level one day so that's 100 percent the goal and the cool thing is that like people i look up to i was thinking about the other day a lot of the people that i look up to now who are like sort of idols of mine that it's not going to be long until i'm sort of standing next to them on stage so people i look up to are sort of becoming like people i'm up up against so, which is a cool sort of feeling yeah so it's motivating for sure it's about time we have someone for australia yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think Australian bodybuilding is definitely growing. Um, it's definitely becoming more popular and getting better and better. But um, I think as the time goes on, there's going to be more of us going over there. Um, I've had a, a mate of mine who went over and competed in classic over in Europe and stuff for the last uh, month or two. Um, so, as, and there's a few other guys that I've seen doing some European shows and stuff from Australia too. But only recently, I haven't seen it. It's only sort of fresh. So starting to pick up now, which is exciting. So I'd love to have like a big group, of like Australians, that go and compete together and like make it a bit of like a team effort. It'd be fun. Yeah. But yeah, now is like an exciting time to be amongst it because it's starting to pick up a lot. I think.
1: When you become Mr. Olympia in a couple of years, or could be even sooner.
0: You never know. Yeah.
1: What kind of difference would you like to make to the world?
0: I think well, something I have found that I enjoy now is sort of, I guess. Uh, seeing it, the ways that I can help people by doing, just doing what I do. See, I, I almost, almost selfishly go about doing what I'm doing for my own good to try and progress as much as I can. But the more I guess people see what I do, I find a lot of people come to me and say, Hey, you it motivated me to do this. You yeah. motivated me to do my first show. You motivated me just to get in the gym and lose some weight or something. Very basic stuff. And i never really, I guess, actively go out and tell people, Hey, do this but I think just by doing my thing it's awesome to see that people uh take stuff away from it as well so I'd like to sort of continue to do that but on a higher scale just doing what I'm doing um I guess helping educate people on what I do as well um and I think for uh I'd like to teach and I guess show people what is like what's uh What's doable just from, I guess, putting in work, it's something you enjoy yeah. like more the mental side of things, no matter if it's bodybuilding or if it's health related or if it's a sport or if it's like art or singing or some other talent, if you put the work into what you're doing with the right amount of passion and energy, you can achieve whatever you want. Yeah. I think it's just good to sort of portray that in a physical manner of bodybuilding so people can see it yeah. and then apply that to whatever they do. Would you like to be an
1: ambassador for the sport?
0: Yeah. Um, cool. Um, yeah. Do videos share your message, inspire yeah.
1: people around the world.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I enjoy what I do. So it's very easy to uh, promote it and I guess put uh, content out about what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing a little bit of it lately, which people seem to give me good feedback about, which is great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy what I'm doing. And the more I can document it and share it and then ideally help or even just motivate people a little bit, the better. And I think the more I progress with my career and everything, the more, more uh, what I do is going to be seen as well. So it's just naturally going to get more, um, I guess we're going to help more people as well. But mm. yeah, my main thing is just, I just want to continue doing what I enjoy and then allow people, if they want to, to take things away from it that can help them as well without forcing it upon anyone. Where do you see
1: you and Morgan in three years time?
0: Um, we, we've we spoken about owning a gym. We'd love to open our own gym and run some sick Damn. gym somewhere. Um, yeah. For now though, our goal is purely just competing. I'd like to compete and do as well as I can professionally for at least until I'm maybe 30 years old or so. I think she's sort of in a similar sort of uh, headspace as well. Um, and then I think... You yeah, must be so proud of Morgan. hundred percent. Very, very. Well, she's starting preps now for her next show. So I think she'll... Hopefully, I'm sure she'll probably take that... Win that show and then come over and we'll be able to... Take do the pro card and and I think you, she will this time around. You yeah. two together smash we it. will do it together. But US. competing's our, our goal for the next... Uh, at least a bunch of years oh. and then it'd be cool to have a yeah I'd like to own a gym and then run a, any other sort of related businesses as well because I think once uh, the competing side of things has passed yeah. I think it's always good to have some other sort of project to work on um, but I'd love it to be related to what I do so yeah
1: when you open up that gym I hope I can get a membership there
0: we'll see now you'll get you'll get <laughs> exclusive membership uh, but yeah No, we definitely love to have a cool gym that's like uh I, th- I love a gym that's semi-exclusive to people like clients like you, or yeah. people that I uh, relate with, or friends, or that sort of stuff. Without allowing mass numbers of people in the gym, uh, I find like
1: something like it is Yeah, Gold's.
0: there's some yeah, there's some awesome gyms like Doherty's and all that sort of stuff, and some cool ones in the states. Obviously, some cool ones here as well yeah. that seem to be very um, not too franchised. Not yeah, they're not doing it for money, no. doing it more just to uh, I guess have like a cool facility that you can get like-minded people into to do their thing and have a good atmosphere instead of just trying to make money out of it. Yeah, um, That's something we'd really like to do. And I think with success in competing and stuff as well, it'll sort of create a bit of uh, more opportunity to help promote the gym, having, a, I guess, more uh, like titles under our belt and a bigger name for ourselves as well. But yeah, that'd be something that'd be really fun as well. We'd love to travel as well, obviously traveling for shows, you get to travel around for all that sort of stuff for the shows and then obviously experience other parts of the world within it. That'd be fun. We'll be spoken about moving overseas and living in the states at some point as well. But yeah, first time for you? Yeah, I've never I've never traveled overseas, so my first pro show is going to be my first overseas travel experience as well. Mm. So it's going to be big. so excited for you, man. We got a lot of we got a lot of stuff that we're looking forward to though, so it's yeah. very exciting.
1: We talk a lot about success. <laughs> How about fears? Yeah. Surely, great man like you, there must be something that you're yeah. you're really scared of.
0: Yeah, I think. I think probably my biggest fear is, uh, I guess, not living up to my potential or not making the most of things I've had. And that's something that I sort of think about sometimes. Like, it's sort of a good motivator in some ways. Um, But for me... I I feel that all the time. Yeah. Not living
1: up to potential.
0: Yeah. Because, like, I I think I've been lucky enough to have a pretty good upbringing. Like, I haven't had any, I guess a massive a major events that that people would sort of consider like i guess really negative so I, I sort of want to make sure i'm using all the positive things i've had in my life to make the most of them because yeah. i'd hate the thought to look back in like 10 years time and be like oh, i had all these opportunities and all this potential to do this stuff and not have made the most out of it and i think that's one of my biggest motivations as to why i keep doing things even on days everyone has a I so don't don't feel as motivated my biggest motivation is like all right I've got – I'm in a much better position than a lot of people, like people starving in the world, there's people homeless, there's people whatever, all this stuff happened. I've got good situations, life situations and stuff compared to that, so it, I'd hate to not make the most of it yeah. and just look back one day and be like, oh, shit, I could have been better. So that's – I think a big fear for me is that because, um, yeah, the, the thought of regret is like, yeah, it would not be <laughs> – not really too kind.
1: Someone could look at you and say – You've got it all worked out, Callum, that...
0: No one does, yeah. No? No one does. Because,
1: you know, you're one of the best in Australia. You you go into the States, you and Morgan dominate the world. Like, Mm. what could go wrong? Like, you know...
0: Yeah. I think... Must be
1: full of confidence. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like...
0: It it probably comes across that I've got it all together. And I think that uh, in, like, my chosen avenue, so bodybuilding competing... I feel I'm very confident in everything with that because i put so much into it. It's very easy to feel confident with what I'm doing. Yes. But obviously that's my favourite thing <laughs> to talk about. Yes. Um, but there's other obviously other elements of life that like I guess aren't ex- as exciting to talk about that you don't sort of see as well that some people um, would assume are as A-OK as the competing side of things is was when they're not. And I'm not complaining. I think I've, I don't have a bad life at all. But everyone's got struggles. Everyone's got little things they're trying to overcome. Everyone's got fears. Everyone's got like just the things they're working on um it's just very easy to think that people that are uh, have a good direction in what they're doing have it all together but they don't have it all together they just have some parts together mm-hmm. so it's just balancing it all out again
1: when you're young do you think you had a similar personality uh you, you oh. just seem to um, be really easy going and love what you do um, yeah. and not not take things too
0: seriously yeah, end of the day I'd do it because I enjoy it. Like I do, I love what I do and I guess it sort of shows. But I think, I guess personality wise, I've been relatively similar since growing up. But I was uh, probably like self-confidence was a lot lower when I was younger. Mm. And I think that's what bodybuilding itself sort of taught me to bring out and like, I guess, gain more self-belief. So that's probably the one thing that's changed. But I think personality wise, if you're, if you're doing what is aligned with yourself, you're not really, don't have any reason to change really. Yeah.
1: I'd love to hear about your time when you were training to become an AFL player. What yeah. were you like back then?
0: Yeah, uh, well, back I started playing footy when I was like seven, I think, and I just got into it because my dad played when he was younger, and I loved it. Like I put That was like sort of my goal growing up. Uh, I was like, okay, I want to be a professional AFL player just because I enjoyed it, and I always sort of thought that if I can make a career out of what I enjoy, then that's what life's all about. So that was my goal. Where'd you grow um, up? I grew up in Brisbane. So up in Queensland, where AFL is not really super, super popular compared to down here in Victoria. But I played that growing up. Um, and I think genetically... Who did you follow? Uh, I was a Brisbane fan. And then when the Gold Coast team opened, I started following the Gold Coast. Oh. And I haven't really followed it. For did a you grow up now. during
1: the golden era of Brisbane?
0: I was probably like maybe eight years old when they were winning. So I was, but I was sort of not... Old enough to fully like grasp how cool Appreciate it was. It. Yeah, but like, what was that? It was like early 2000s. I think they were winning all the time. Eh? I was probably just starting to get into it just after that. But Brisbane was cool. Gold Coast followed them just because I always love holidaying the Gold Coast. um But yeah, that was like my thing growing up. And mm. then I think as time went on, I put more into it. um I never like pursued it 100%. I think again probably like self belief issues. But yeah, that was my thing growing up until I branched into the gym and got into bodybuilding. Yeah.
1: Is there such a thing between the twitch fibers, muscles, like some people are short twitch or.
0: Yeah. I think genetically different people, different, like with your, whatever your genetics are, whatever, like your race is sometimes as well. Like you'll have a, a different build-up of like more fast twitch, twitch muscle fiber which is people who are genetically like better at like sprinting and short bursts of energy yeah. and then people that have like more slow twitch muscle fiber are genetic or generically people who are like i guess long distance runners or endurance athletes mm. just from a base standpoint
1: what's ideal for footy players
0: um i'd say probably a combo of both really like if you're gonna be good at uh i guess explosive fast agile movements you want to be like obviously having more fast twitch muscle fiber, but you're also doing a lot of running. So you're doing a lot of like endurance work as well. Mm. I I sort of probably had more of like a explosive athletic sort of build where I was fast on my feet. I was agile. I could like jump well and I was like pretty athletic. Yeah. But endurance wise wasn't like the best. Um, But I think bringing that sort of athletic style of activity into the gym, you sort of, sort of goes hand in hand. So you sort of developed a bit of a base to start building muscle upon.
1: Were you one of the quickest?
0: Yeah, I was quick. I remember not like ridiculously quick because again, I wasn't like, I didn't really focus on athletic running technique, but I'd always, I remember back in school, I'd always be the quickest kid in the grade. I'd win like the 100 meter sprints and 200 meter sprints and stuff, which was fun. But I'd never really got into like deep athletics. So I didn't really care about that much. But mm. on the footy field, it worked perfectly. I'd always sort of play like a wing position or a halfback position or a center position where your, your speed and your running ability is like what you sort of rely on. Yeah. So for me, that worked. Um, So I think that got me, yeah, I sort of got selected into a few regional teams and stuff and did well with that. But I think uh, i never made it to like a a high, high level um, just because I guess, yeah, I probably wasn't at the point where I believed in myself enough to put in the work to get there.
1: If someone asked you when you were 15, what would have been the dream for Callum?
0: 15 would have been being a professional uh, athlete. And at the time I wanted to be a professional footy player. And, yeah, that's what I wanted which to do. position? I was at that – I sort of – different ages, I was different positions. I think at that age I was probably about – I think I played a lot of wing and halfback flank, which were, again, mm. like normally like quick, agile sort of guys. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, that age, yeah, all I wanted to be was a professional footy player. That's, that's all I really cared about.
1: What kind of player, uh, say Brisbane Lions, that you would have modelled? Yeah.
0: Oh, man. oh, my favourite player – it's sort of – who did I used to like? I remember when the Gold Coast – son's first start i was a big fan of gary ablett obviously because he was like their best player on the team um he was i guess a similar style player to as i was i was obviously nowhere near as good but like i guess more of like a fast sort of running position i was sort of similar to
1: at what point did it switch for you from footy to bodybuilding
0: yeah so i got uh i remember spending a bunch of time the year just after i finished high school in the gym um and i was i was I got pretty like into it pretty quick. I'm doing a bunch of research, a bunch of bu- watching a bunch of YouTube videos and learning about it and making sure I was doing everything right. And then I made some good progress. And then in the off season of the, how footy old season, were
1: you when you first went to the gym?
0: I first signed up at, I think 16. I started getting a bit more into it at 17. And then 18 is when I started being like really consistent with it. Oh. Um, but that was in the phase off season of the footy season. And I sort of spent that period, just doing nothing but the gym. How
1: long's and the then, off season? In footy?
0: Uh, it's normally like from September-ish to about February March. Okay. So I spent that. What's that? Like six, five months or so. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I spent that time in the gym, and I remember growing heaps. And then it came time for the next uh, like sort of summer training for footy to start, and I was like, I don't know if I want to go back. I'm just enjoying the gym. And then that's when I decided, all right, the gym is my new thing now. I enjoy this more than I used to enjoy footy. Um. And then that's when I just took off and I made more and more progress, learnt more, developed my knowledge, developed physique stuff and obviously, and yeah, it sort of just kept going and took off from there.
1: You've heard of this before where young people are sometimes not encouraged to lift heavy Mm. too early Mm. because that might stunt their development or their growth. Mm. What do you think about that?
0: I think from what I know, I think that has sort of been like proven wrong from what I've heard. I think that's sort of a bit of a myth nowadays. I think younger kids, you never want to get them doing stupid amounts of heavy load for safety reasons because you're not going to be super strong and like stable through your joints when you're young. But I think basic resistance training in a safe way for young kids is not going to hurt. Yeah, as long as you're not overdoing it, not overtraining, not wearing down joints, your technique's fine. I think doing lighter basic movements just to build up a bit of base strength is beneficial. Um, I would
1: assume yeah. that when you hit the gym at 16, you probably went
0: heavy very early on. I, was w- uh, I went heavy, but at the same time, I was very lucky that I think I, I went through a phase of really studying bodybuilding and lifting and stuff early on because I was really into it from an early. How did you study? Just like YouTube videos and online and Googling stuff. So it wasn't like really like deep knowledge, but it was enough yeah. to educate me. And you probably. liked your
1: bodybuilding.com?
0: That was where I started. Yeah. I got a bunch of <laughs> programs off that. Um, and they used to do a lot of YouTube videos, so they sort of gave me a lot of base knowledge. And I think I was lucky enough to find a lot of that stuff when I was really new to it because I sort of learnt the principles of execution of exercises always beats uh, going stupidly heavy and not almost... You were really
1: self-taught then, initially. Yeah,
0: obviously I learnt a lot from a lot of people along the way, but I did, I guess, build the foundation of my knowledge just through my own research. Yeah, um, Yeah. at like the age of like 18 which I think a lot of people have access to now being sort of pretty like uh, available through social media and stuff. But I think around that was that 2016, 2015, Mm. it wasn't quite as popular. So I think I was just lucky. I got into the right sources and learnt like the basic stuff. So I didn't injure myself. And then obviously I could build my knowledge upon that. Any major injuries? Nah, luckily. No, I've had little, uh, little injuries when I was playing footy back in the day. I remember I tore like, I mildly sort of tore my hip flexor and stuff. Little, broken bone. But no injuries from bodybuilding? Nah, nah, luckily no. Um, In seven years? Yeah, no injuries. I've had uh, mild shoulder impingements, which most sort of bodybuilders get just from, I guess, overuse and a bit of like tension through the shoulder. Yeah. But it's something that I sort of tackled before uh, it became an issue. But again,
1: you've, you've heard of stories where people tear off their bicep. Yeah, it's
0: disgusting. I think that sort of, <laughs> <laughs> it sort of scared me to like learn more and take it safe. Ah. But I do remember, I don't remember where I heard it, but I remember hearing, and it sort of, I guess, made a lot of sense to me early on that uh, I guess slower, more controlled movements in the gym are going to result in more direct tension on the muscle and obviously be less stressful on joints and risk less injury. I remember hearing that early on. If I didn't hear that early on, I probably would have done a lot of stupid stuff like most yeah. people do and got injuries. So it's you lucky don't, that stuck with me.
1: You don't tell me that, but when you train me, you definitely make me go slower yeah. and kill me.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> you're like, I don't know what I'm doing this for, but it works. Mm. But yeah, it's exactly. If we slow stuff down, if you're doing stuff with certain tempo techniques and like, I guess, added intensifiers and stuff to sets that make it harder than it needs, well, harder than it would be uh, at a lighter weight, just doing straight sets, it's like safer in a way. Mm. And you're, yeah, isolating areas you want to hit more, more specifically too.
1: You touched upon social media before. Mm. In the younger generation now, you're exposed to so much stuff. Yeah, so many great, um, amazing physiques. Were you exposed to that when you were? Yeah, yeah, studying up.
0: I, I think over the last bunch of years, like bodybuilding and like I guess just fitness in general in the gyms is like just expanded because of social media. But I think I sort of got into the gym around the time that it was popular enough to be pretty well seen. Right. And I remember there was a bunch of people I sort of would look up to and I'd be like, oh, I want to learn from this guy. I want to look like this. And then, yeah, so I think I learned a lot of basic stuff again just from like Instagram with like just early days of just basic knowledge. Mm. Um, But yeah, I remember seeing physiques I wanted to look like and then as the years sort of went on. Because it's
1: making people start younger and younger now.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, younger people are getting into social media and stuff now. And I think for me to take bodybuilding and just the gym in general seriously at like 17, 18, I think that was sort of rare. I don't think many people my age took it fully seriously then. Uh, but I think now it's a lot more popular because you see like TikTok videos going off and Instagram videos and people like have more to like look up to. I think. Mm.
1: But your motivation when you started was completely different. Yeah. Well, you didn't I, really do yeah. it because made you like – popular made
0: you um,
1: nah, nah. made you liked
0: when i first started it was like oh i just need to be cool to build a bit of muscle build my arms up build my chest up
1: and you were good at and it And
0: then yeah no I, I guess i was good at it because i enjoyed it and because i enjoyed it i put more effort into it and i guess the more effort you put into stuff the more you get out of it but mm. um yeah i remember i would um like uh yeah look up to just certain people on instagram and be like, oh, i'd like to look like that and then as time was on, went on it was more of a yeah, a competitive thing. I was like, okay, bodybuilding is a sport that I can do. Maybe I can take this and be competitive with that instead of worrying about what I look like. Do it more of like a competition to try and like progress and win certain things. So mm. yeah, it always just evolves. Yeah,
1: it makes me think of someone else who has made a career in footy, Magic Door. Man, yeah. Um, he used to play for North Melbourne and then retired at the Demons. Yeah. As a teenager, he he kind of fell into footy with friends. Mm. His friends told him to go to a training session and then footy just was the perfect fit for him Mm. and he could really flourish um, in that environment. And it's so rare that as a person, we have a passion, what we're naturally talented at and whether we can actually make a difference, a contribution, Mm. those three things. Mm. To find that sweet spot, all three things to align Mm. and you. I've definitely found that in bodybuilding. Yeah. For so many of us, we're, we're still searching. We rare, may not yeah. actually love what we do.
0: Mm. Um, can you tell us about that feeling? Um, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm grateful for it all the time because like I was just thinking about it yesterday. I remember I was just at home. I think I was just on my own just cooking meals and I was thinking like, man, I'm really grateful for what I do because I just really enjoy it. But the mixture of enjoying what you do um, and then I guess having – some sort of uh, genetic sort of advantage that favours what you do as well is awesome. And then obviously, yeah, being in a place where you can pursue it without any limitations is great. So yeah, it's rare to be able to find something that works so well, but I'm like, yeah, I'm grateful all the time that I've I've found what aligns with me well and the fact that I enjoy it.
1: Before we close, is there one thing that you want to share with the audience from your heart?
0: Like we spoke before about, I guess what message I sort of want to portray to people I think the most important thing to take away from like us talking about my like bodybuilding career or from probably I guess what you're speaking about with most people you have on the podcast as well that have their own little avenues I think the most important thing in life all around is to have like your thing if you can find something that you can put all your energy into ah. it's I think that's like the most important thing it can be bodybuilding like I do it can be a sport it can be Something random, it can be like drawing, it can be singing, it can be whatever. I think if you can find your one thing and put everything into it, it like creates extra energy, creates extra motivation. You're going to develop as a person mentally and physically from it. So I think the most important thing is have like something to work on. Always have something to work on, be passionate about it, something that the makes one happy thing you happy and love. enjoy it. And if you've got something to, you can progress with, You, I feel it's going to cause progress like internally as well, which yeah. is probably the most important thing. So... Yeah, find your thing and do it. How do you find
1: that when you've tried many things and you still haven't really? That's the
0: hard thing. I think you just got to keep trying, (laughs) which is very, it's easier said than done. Um, But yeah, it's hard because a lot of people say, oh, I want to have something to put my energy into and I don't have it. And it's sort of something that you have to figure out on your own. It's sort of hard to tell people, oh, okay, you can go do this then. Yes, You're never going to know, but just be outgoing and being open to things, willing to take things in and just give things a crack and go have a try at it. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Try something else. But don't just give up. Just find something, put everything into it, enjoy it. And that's, I think that's the whole meaning of being alive, really.
1: From my heart, <laughs> I want to thank you so much. Easy. Just to know you and let alone to be able to train with you, to see you thrive and so dedicated in what you do and love what you do. It makes me want to be a better version of myself. And it makes me think, oh... I may not be so disciplined in what I say I want to do, and yeah, it just gives me that extra motivation. And to know that, oh, like you're so easygoing and and you connect with everyone, that like, oh, like someone like you, you just go about your business and you're flourishing. Uh, You're doing so well, and I just want to thank you for inspiring me. I'm sure the listeners listening to you are very pleasantly surprised by um, by your message and
0: yeah just I'm really grateful that, that that you're here yeah I'm grateful you can take stuff away from me just doing my thing <laughs> if people can take stuff away from me doing what I enjoy it's awesome so I can't complain thanks so much Callum thanks for having me on <laughs> good fun
1: perhaps till next time
0: next after, time after the shows yep yeah I'll be down for after, after you the show. take, take home the title it. I'll bring the trophies and everything in yeah it. I love it I love it sounds good cheers mate done